My journey as a Superman fan started with a tattered red cape blowing in the wind. That ending rocketed me forward like a red-blue blur through a decade-long origin story and poignant tales of self-discovery and fatherhood, and backwards to the character's very beginnings. Now, on this podcast, we journey together across time and media to examine the stories that have defined the Man of Steel. Welcome to Digging for Kryptonite, a Superman fan journey. I am your host, Anthony Desiato. Joining me to discuss our Smallville wish lists is the host of the Always Hold On to Smallville podcast, Zach Moore. Welcome, sir. Hey, happy to be here. Thank you so much for joining me. And let me say right off the bat, thank you for having me on your show, Always Hold On to Smallville. Not too long ago, we discussed the season seven episode Persona, the conclusion of the Bizarro trilogy. And I can't tell you how much fun I had. Thank you. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. That, that was a real fun episode. And uh, it's always great to talk to fellow podcasters who have as, as deep fandom and love for Smallville and Superman as you do. Uh, and uh, just you can kind of bounce off and like, well, you know, the, in this version and this and that, and everybody kind of can pick up where you're leaving off. And that, that was a really fun, deep episode. Uh, we, we went on some <laughs> some deep dives there about the Bizarro and stuff and uh, had a great time. So I, I, I got to say, season, season seven ranks pretty low on my list, but I'm having a lot of fun talking to some great people about season seven this year. Well, that's the thing that I found doing this show as well. Even when there's something that you, you know, you might not have the the greatest level of affection for, you know, you're doing a show. It still gives you something to talk about one, you know, one way or the other. So there's, there's, there's still value to be had, but you know, as you know, like I typically don't do, you know, a, a podcast episode on an individual episode of a series or something like that. So getting the opportunity to do that with you and just really geek out and get very specific about a single episode of Smallville. It was great. And it's also, again, podcaster to podcaster. It was fun being the guest because it's like, I love hosting, but it's like, I, you know, and I don't always know what the guest is going to say, of course, but I know generally the direction we're going in. But to be the guest was just so much fun. I'm like, well, I don't know. You know, I know we were going through the episode scene by scene, but it's like, I don't know exactly what he's going to throw at me. And it was fun to just be along for the ride. I feel the same way. That's why I'm here. So, <laughs> yes, I have one like big picture podcast question for you before we get into our Smallville sure. wish list. So you've been doing the Always Hold On to Smallville podcast for quite a while now. I think by the time this episode that we're doing comes out, you'll be done or just about done with season seven, your season seven rewatch. And I was just curious, you've been doing it so long now, how has the reality of doing the Always Hold On to Smallville podcast lined up with your expectations for it when you first said, I'm going to commit to this? Well, let's see. I started in 2016. I was young and single and had a whole life ahead of me. And (laughs) I was like, this will be, I don't know. How many episodes can I do? There's 22 a year, you know, or 22 a season. How many weeks in a year? 52. So I should probably finish this in about three years, you know, maybe, maybe four if I, if I take some time off in between seasons, right? And here I am. What is it? What is this? Five, five, going on six years. I think now, and I'm in season seven, so that's kind of where I am with it. But you know, much like Smallville itself, it's taking much longer than it probably should have. But I'm enjoying the journey. So fair enough. And again, I know you said season seven wasn't the favorite. I mean, next you'll be entering the the last real leg of the series. You know, seasons mm-hmm. eight through ten. We lot, most of the action shifts to Metropolis. It becomes the Red Blue Blur. They play up the Lois Clark dynamic. Are you are you excited for that chapter? 
I am excited. I am excited because it's. I've always probably defaulted to the early years of Smallville. You know, I mean, that's kind of where the show was. You know, we'll get into a lot of it here in our in our discussion. But I feel like that's when the show was truest to its concept, right? In the early years, and then we're in these the the college dropout years, as I like to call them on my podcast, seasons five through seven, where it's like. What are you doing, Clark? You're just kind of hanging out on the farm, and things are happening. And and finally, you know, there was a uh, like by necessity, the show was forced into this soft reboot in season eight by losing like half the cast. And I, I still like struggle with that, and and that's probably something we'll talk about, like changes and whatnot over the series. But it's like I it, it the show needed that. It almost needed this shot in the arm, like I said, soft reboot to kind of like it's it's it was basically like you know, Lois and Clark, but Smallville style the last three years. And, and that's great. Right. And the, the only thing missing was the Superman costume really. And, and Lex Luthor for the most part. Um, but, but I, I'm excited to, to revisit those. Those are the ones I have. I've, I've rewatched the least just by the, like they're, they're the newest. I know they're like 10 years old now, which, <laughs> you know, but you know, but you, you rewatch them as you get the DVDs and stuff over time. And then the show's over. And you don't like you're not like rewatching in anticipation for the next season and stuff like you would be. So just by the very nature of it, I've seen those episodes probably least than anything else, uh, like certain episodes like Homecoming and um, the Cantaluther, Luther, those episodes like I've rewatched those over and over. And and the finale, you know, I watch scenes from the finale, but uh, there's a lot there like you could. I think I was looking at the list the other day because I, I try to schedule ahead, you know, try to map out what I'm doing. I'm like, what what is this episode? What happened in? escape <laughs> or um what's another one i saw turbulence i've no i know that they jump out of a plane mm-hmm. i know that but that's all i know about that episode like i can see it in my head i can see clark and tess fly, falling out of a plane but i have no idea what else happens in that episode so that's exciting to me it's like almost you know not that not that it's it's new to me but it's it's if i can't remember it i guess it is kind of new to me so yeah, well, I'm excited for you to get to those seasons. I mean, they kind of hold a special place for me. I mean, I, overall, I agree, I think, with your general assessment of the series and its var- various eras and, and which ones were most effective or which one was most effective. But, you know, those final seasons, I mean, you know, necessity is the mother of invention, right? And so, yeah, as, as tough as it was to lose the creators of the show and, and key core <laughs> original cast members, it's like, like you said, it forced them to do something different. And had they... Had those changes behind the scenes not happened, I don't know what the end of the series would have looked like. I feel like he probably would have still just been hanging out on the farm and maybe we would have ended at eight. I mean, I, you know, I don't know. It's that's, you know, as far as like a what if, uh, you know, that could have that could have gone a couple different ways, I think. Yeah. And they put it they ended up putting it in the, the Friday night death slot in season nine. And it still did very well. And they're like, well, I guess we're going to do another year. It's just, it's just Smallville, a victim of its own success in some ways creatively. Because <laughs> once you get to a certain point, obviously, it's like, you know, they've been on record. They had a five-year plan, and they went five years. And, and you could tell that they were, like, setting things up to wrap things up the first half of season five. But then they had, like, well, we're starting the CW. This is our highest-rated show. we got to keep this thing going. Ratings are great. Let's keep it going. And then I think every year after that suffers from that, like, five steps forward, ten steps back. <laughs> You know, I mean, especially season eight, um, which is another reason I'm excited to get into it because it's like clear. I think we're all thinking like, okay, this is it, right? He's going to like doomsday. It's like his first challenge instead of his last challenge. Like mentally, you're like, okay, Lex will come back. It'll be a big thing. Lois and Clark will get together. But but then that's that's not how it all went down. But but I but I love I love season nine. That's one of my favorite seasons of the show. So I am very excited to kind of answer your question again a little bit. 
the, that season especially because uh, I feel like season three and season nine probably have the best structure of like, okay, we, we had a plan. We executed that plan. We didn't have any behind the scenes things mess us up, right? Um, there was a little give and take there, perhaps. Like we say, the, the two steps forward, one step back thing. But I, I'm super hyped to get to, to season nine because even at the time I was because I I, I I I gave up on it after season eight to to a point like after Doomsday, which is you know the worst finale of the show in my opinion. Um, I I didn't stop watching Smallville, but I just let it pile up on my DVR. <laughs> and then the when season nine went on its hiatus, me and my uh, my best friend Lance Laster, you if you guys hear my podcast, you know he's on a lot of episodes. We we binged them all together. And we're like, okay, Smallville's back. I'm excited. And then that got me for the rest of the show. But 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 that man, that end of that season eight, that was rough. And uh, I would think you feel the same way. I'm not sure what it, <laughs> Henry James Olsen do it for you. Or <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll unpack this more once we really uh, start diving into our wish list here. But you know, I, I, again, unlike your show, right? I don't talk about Smallville every episode. Although I mention it almost every episode. But whenever <laughs> I, I feel like whenever I've devoted an episode to Smallville, inevitably I rant to at least some extent about the season eight finale. I mean, I have vivid memories of it. I was a senior in college and just about to graduate, and I remember we, we're the same age, so we're the age. perfect <laughs> demographic for this show. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> And I remember, and you know, as you know, and my audience knows, I mean, I got into comics with the death of Superman. So the fact that they were doing Doomsday was, you know, it was a big thing for me. And, you know, we were heading into the finale, building up to this, this, you know, (laughs) climactic battle with Doomsday. And uh, I remember the night it aired, I was just about to graduate from college from Fordham. And I remember there was an honors ceremony that night, like a couple of nights before the actual graduation. And... I was there and I was very happy to be getting something. But at the same time, I was like, I got to get out of here because I, <laughs> I was on the DVR. I was like, I got to get home and watch this. I could not be more excited. I was so angry after watching it. You know, I worked at my local comic shop and I worked the next day. And I, I just have this. I was in such a bad mood at the shop the next day. And I can't, I can't think of any other instances as and i watch a lot of television <laughs> i've always watched and i'm a big television fan but i can't think of any other instance where an episode of a show so affected my mood 24 hours late like i was <laughs> so mad about it and i finally like over the course of the day at the shop i like finally was able to shed that um but i was it 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 is my least favorite uh season finale uh, so yeah no i'm i'm with you there 100 <laughs> percent I'm looking forward to that episode, especially. <laughs> you call it Doomsday. Come on. Anyway. Well, all right. On that anyway. note. So, on that note. <laughs> you know, this episode here started with, I wanted to have you on the show, right? I'm like, I'm going to talk Smallville. You know, every year we do uh, some number of Smallville episodes. And I was like, I got to get Zach on. And I was thinking, okay, what what could our topic be? And I there was one idea I proposed to you, and I might do it in the future. Uh, and I think that would have been solid. It would have served us well. But then I was like, well, I have this other idea. <laughs> like, what are the things we wish Smallville had done or not done? And I gave you the choice of the two and you wanted to, <laughs> to do the wish list. And uh, let me issue the disclaimer for the audience because, you know, I think by nature, right, this is to an extent a gripe session. Like, what are the things that we wish Smallville had 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 done or done differently, more specifically? I hope the audience knows we love the show. I mean, my goodness, you you know, you're doing a rewatch podcast of you know, there's there's a lot of love for the show, but I think any fellow fans out there 
kind of kind of you know like you know as a fan of smallville there are certain frustrations that that you might have felt and so we're i think this will be cathartic that's that's my hope and uh so we we each came up with our lists and i guess we can go back and forth although for for a hot second there i was like this would be kind of fun to do battleship style because i feel like i could very easily be like okay season eight (laughs) season eight finale and i know you have something on that uh, but I, I guess we can just kind of go back and forth. May, may I ask how, what number did your list, uh, and how many do you have on your list? Well, uh, so I, I, I have a document here. I call it Smallville wish and wish not list. <laughs> and it, it turned out like, I'm glad you mentioned the, the gripe session. Cause I, I, it's, it's like, I wanted this, but then I'm, I, the more things that I wanted, it was more things I didn't want them to do. So it's just it's it kind of got to a point where I kind of combined some things and I'm at approximately 15 or so just bullet points. Um, and we'll see where the conversation I'm very excited to see where this conversation takes us. And I'm, I'm sure just just through conversation, a lot of these will just be covered branching off of something else. Um, and, and again, like you said, we love this show. OK, that's and I've, I've been saying that more often, the more I go you know, just to kind of remind people, although I've done. 200 episodes of my podcast by now just because i get I'll, I'll do superman specials and other things in between i'm over 200 episodes of my podcast i wouldn't still be doing this podcast if i don't love smallville but there it's not perfect but it's okay and we all everything we say we say for a place of love right that's what i always try to reiterate because you know when you when you're so invested in something you have strong opinions about it and and let's let's share some of those opinions let's do it Yes, you and I are on the same page. It's funny because I messaged you a few days ago and I said, you know, um, I, I've, I started making my list and I got up to 25 and I'll boil it down to 10. And I said, however many you want to have is fine. And you're like, oh, I'm going to have, have more. So I, so, <laughs> so I took that and I was like, okay, I'll keep going. So I, <laughs> I got up to 30. But again, I think there there are a lot. I, I know there's a lot that's going to be on your list and things that uh, I, I might not get to every single one, and that's okay. And some, you know, might kind of be yeah. combined. But uh, you, the guest, please go first. We, we, I don't know if we should start with the season eight finale since we're already talking about that. Wherever you want to start is fine with me. I'm gonna toss it to you. Like you know, let's let as you had said in almost every episode of your show, you probably talk about the season eight finale of Smallville. I probably talk about the series finale of Smallville. And almost every episode, like it's my small little podcast is so spoilerific, but it's it's a retrospective. And I feel like if you were like, I don't know what's going to come next. A lot of some podcasts do that. And that's an interesting approach. and I like that. But for me, I felt like part of the fun is trying to fit all these pieces together. Like that Veritas window was never there. That kind of thing. Right. So spoilers throughout all my podcasts. And I think I mentioned the finale in almost every episode. And let, let's just talk about that. The number one thing, the number one thing that Smallville should have done that we didn't get was Clark Kent in a Superman costume. Tom Welling in a physical Superman costume for, I'd say, the whole two-hour finale. Like, I wanted the finale, the series finale, to be a, basically a Superman television movie. And I think that's what we should have gotten and what we deserved after 10 years of no flights and no tights, right? So that is my number one all-time. And they could have like they could have just even done... They didn't have to change the plot. A finale, frankly, they just could have had him in a costume, and then and then I would have added on like a physical fight with a physical dark side, because I was so certain that oh he flew through zombie Lionel Luther, okay, that's now he's going to go fight the real dark side, and that never happened. Right, he just pushed the planet out of the way. So now now I'm talking about the finale as a whole, but but zeroing in, literally just put him in a costume, and that would satisfy me much more. And leaving the show, like I I have very conflicted feelings about the finale. 
right? I love the shirt rip at the end, but we're about five years too late for that. I feel like that, if that was the end of the show in season five or even seven, but we've gone through so many things at that point, we deserve to see Tom in a full Superman suit. And that was the plan. And at the time, Tom didn't want to do it. And now Tom says he doesn't want to do it. You know, he, he's been on Rosenwald's podcast and hindsight's 2020, I guess. But, um, and, but in fact is in May, 2011, Clark Kent did not put on a physical <laughs> Superman costume. And that is the number one thing I would change about Smallville. Uh, so that's one we can cross off my list as well. Uh, yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I, I too, I've been following Rosenbaum's podcast and, and in particular the Tom Welling appearances. And, you know, he was just on very recently. And, uh, you know, it's interesting because there were a couple of things he said. One was that he didn't regret not putting on the costume in the finale, right? But at the same time, and I think this is where you're getting at, that he would be open to playing, to actually playing Superman now, in an, in a new project, which, you know, it's funny. Like I'm con- on the one hand, I'm like, yeah, that'd be really cool. But on the other hand, I'm like, but you had your chance. Like, <laughs> I guess, uh, you know, I agree with everything you said about the finale. I I'll even say this though. I, it would be, it would have been awesome to have him in the costume for two hours, but even if it had just been that little bit at the end, but he had actually been in the costume that would have satisfied me. I, I, I tweeted about this shortly before we sat down to record, but I grabbed some uh, some screenshots from from the finale of of Superman, as it were, and it. I was just reflecting on the experience of watching that finale. Not unlike that season eight, it's so seared into my brain. It was there was this dissonance in my head as I was watching those scenes because you know he he soars out of the fortress and you see him putting on the costume and he bursts through and you know it's from a distance and it's really quick and it's like and then we cut to commercial and it's like okay like when we get back from the commercial break. Then we'll really yeah. see him in the costume. Surely we'll see it. Surely we'll get to see it. <laughs> and then it's like scene after scene. You know, he rescues Lois on the plane. And then, of course, you know, he pushes uh, Apocalypse. And and it was this weird thing. Emotions were running high. I wasn't really processing it. Like, it really took me a second to be like, oh, that's it. <laughs> like We're not seeing him in the costume. And, you know, as a fan you know, it was it was very disappointing. I did feel, you know, look, I felt cheated to have invested that much and that was the you know the natural inevitable conclusion but i'll i'll go a step further i think that in terms of what they had been setting up thematically on the show i think they i think they dropped the ball because there was all this talk especially in the final season about how he needed to step into the light when he steps into the light he'll inspire the world and you never got that moment it's like all the people saw was this you know red and blue streak in the sky you know it, and it's the sort of thing where it's like okay if he really didn't want to wear the costume, if he had landed on the roof of the Daily Planet or on the streets of Metropolis in his red leather jacket with the S, you know what? Fine. I would have even taken that because it's like, all right, you've revealed yourself to the world. You've inspired the hope that, you know, we've been talking about all along. But he didn't get that. I, I Yeah, I was that was a big disappointment. That was one of those things. There was a lot I loved about the finale, but that was one of those things that was real, real hard for a while. And honestly, to 10 yeah, years later, I'm just, still not over it. You're trying to... <laughs> justify it and grapple in your mind about it right because that was the whole the whole show was leading towards that right like i I mean you're talking about like commercial break and stuff i remember you know again me and my friend lance laster watched it together live right and i think every every 20 minutes or so we'd be like look like there's still time (laughs) there's still time and then no there was no more time and (laughs) that was it and um it's interesting tom's opinions about it is so fascinating to me because like like you said he's like well i wouldn't change it and like he really does believe that i guess he's I mean, credit to him. He he's one hundred percent on board with that. Still, 
But then now for him to say, like, yeah, I think I might wear it. I'm like, bro, where was that two years ago? You could have worn one in Crisis on Infinite Earths. And then yeah. we could have had more Superman together. Although even then, like, I expected, like, two-minute tangent. <laughs> like, even even Brandon Ralph was cool to see him with Tyler. But then, like, they didn't all show up at the final battle and fight the Monitor, or the Anti-Monitor, I should say. They are just, like, they were all erased or whatever, and it was the CW people. I'm like, okay, like, I was, I kind of thought we'd assemble the John Wesley ships and the Tom Wellings, and the they'd all come together and... But we're not here to talk about Christ on Infinite You did a great episode on that, by the way. So. <laughs> <laughs> but where was that? Oh, if he thinks that way now, surely he thought that way two years ago, right? That's, the th- I don't know. I mean, it seems like, I guess in fatherhood, you know, his perspective mm, seems to have changed yeah. a, a lot, which is, yeah. you know, fair enough. But I, I don't know, this whole argument that he's, he makes to this day, right, about how he stands by the decision in the finale because it was like, you know, we, we know where Clark is going, but we can't go with him. It's like, all right, fine, man, but we've been with you for 10 years. <laughs> it's like, come on. And it's so strange because you, you think my, my criticism was, Tom, you're not going to get typecast if you put on a costume. You're typecast because you played a character for 10 years, right? But that doesn't even seem to be in his – he's an interesting guy. I really I really enjoy listening to him on Rosenbaum's podcast. And, I, you know, I've met him a couple of times at conventions, gone to these Smallville nights, and, like, I, I really get a good vibe from him. He's just a normal guy just doing his thing and very unassuming. And, like, I, I, I just don't know. Like, I – but being a lifelong Superman fan, it, it's hard for me to be like, well, why wouldn't I put on a costume? Like, you know, like, of course you would. Right. But it's just not his thing. But maybe it is now. But but anyway, it's it's something that for forever Smallville, like it's, you know, I got the Blu-ray, you know, for, for Christmas. And you, you see the all the articles about Smallville, like it, there's a Superman costume on the cover of that. And then all the articles. If you see an article about Smallville online, it's one of two things. It's him on the the uh, the, the scarecrow with the S on his chest from the pilot. Right, one of the most iconic images of the show that used to promote the show when it first aired, or it's Clark ripping his shirt open on the Deadly Planet roof. I'm like, that is so unrepresentative of what this show is, <laughs> and it's like on the cover of everything, right? And there's two Funko Pops of Clark, and they're both those two things. <laughs> that was literal. That was the next. Those are going to be the next words out of my mouth. I was thinking of the same thing. That drove me nuts when those pops came out. I'm like, that's like. I, you know, I mean, look, him on the scarecrow. I know that was, you know, the the heart of all the marketing at the beginning and everything. But it's like, yeah, you pick two moments that were not representative of the series. Uh, you know, and I, we just keep plugging Rosenbaum's podcast. But you know, he, he Welling talked about how I guess there was this moment in the first season when he got a script and it had Clark in a costume. And, you know, he pushed back on that. And it's like, okay, fine. Yeah, fair enough. Season one. But by, you know, by the time we get to season 10, and I agree with you completely. It's like, if you are worried about being typecast, uh, you know, you have, you have bigger problems than, than wearing the costume. But uh, yeah, it was, that was tough. Um, actually, while we're talking about the finale, one of the items on, on my list, I'll be honest, as disappointed as I was about the costume, what actually bugged me even more about the finale, I have a bigger gripe about the finale, the Lex Luthor mind wipe. That is on my list. That is my number two on my list. So please continue. <laughs> you know, and I have more to say about because one. Here we go. It's like it's hard to it's hard to go one by one. Right. Um, but uh, it, you know, we we were fortunate that Rosenbaum came back for the finale, and we actually got that one of my favorite scenes in the entire series between Clark and Lex was that scene in that burnt out mansion, and they you know they have this face off and. You know, one of the things that to this day I love so much was that even though these guys, they're no longer friends, they're going to be at odds moving forward, Lex, in that scene, in the finale, is still encouraging Clark to take the step forward. It's like there's so much about that scene that I love. 
one of the lines in that scene is, is about memories and how you can't forget them and they make you who yeah. you are. <laughs> and to go from that. Perhaps that was self-referential though. Yes. Saying that he would one day return his memories. These are the headcanon you have to play about this. But please, I know, I know exactly um, what you're talking about. <laughs> you know, but the fact that, you know, we have Tess and her dying act, you know, and, you know, infecting him with this toxin that erases, well, literally every memory. It, it, I mean, it bothered me on so many levels. Lex had arguably, I think, the best arc in the series, and, and you know, in terms of tracking his his descent, and to take all of that away was so infuriating to me. And one of the reasons that it bothered me so much was was why it's like because I guess you can argue well they were trying to line up with the canon, but you know they left they allowed Lois to keep her memories of of Clark and his and his secret so. Clearly, there was a deviation. It just, I, I, I can't get past it. The only thing, you talk about headcanon, the only thing that I've told myself, and I know this was not the intention, but the thing I tell myself is, you know, Tess explains how the toxin works, right? And then we see we see all of Lex's memories literally burning away on the screen. Well, one, one memory that never happened on the show we see burn away with Lex in the snow outside the fortress, by the way. Yes, yes. <laughs> It was very thorough, Zach. This is a very thorough <laughs> <laughs> memories you didn't know you had. They're gone too. In my head canon, he still found a way to hold on to them. When they when they were when we were seeing them on screen, they weren't burning away. He was he was holding on to them. And again, there's nothing to support that. I know that was not the intention. And he has this blank look on his face after. And when you see him in the seven year flash forward and he's the president, he still looks dumbfounded. <laughs> Like, I know that wasn't the intention, but I just tell myself he somehow held on to them. But uh, that that infuriated me. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I don't know what else to say about it. It's just it's I don't understand your point about the status quo. I don't understand because it's like, oh, we got to turn we got to turn Tom Welling's Clark into Christopher Reeves Clark. Why? Like, what? Why? Like, <laughs> like, it's just I don't understand. Uh, and then it's like we have to erase Alexis memory. Why? Oh, because the comics. What, what, what the, you don't have to explain anything. They had this great setup, and I, that's a scene that I rewatch more than any other scene, maybe of the show. Like you know, go on YouTube and you watch a clip of the show, right? And it's that final scene between Clark and Lex, and they did that so well. Uh, and, and it kind of sets up the almost like Professor X, Magneto, like all right, we're we're on opposite sides, but we have this respect because of the years of friendship, and and it set that up perfectly. And then they undid it. And like just like an hour later, and I don't, I will never understand that either. Um, I just, I don't get it. So yeah, that that's to just negate the entire journey of the characters of the show. Lex, anyway, Lex was, you know, to me, he was always it was always Clark and Lex. It was their two stories, you know, and and then finally they got Rosenbaum's second billing in season seven. So, <laughs> but to have one of your two main characters just not remember anything that occurred is just a very strange creative decision. Um, but mixed in with so many other questionable things in the finale, you know, <laughs> you know, if, if he had put on the costume, people might be like, I, I just, the finale is going to be under a microscope, no matter what they do. Um, but they just, they, they didn't need to do that. They had the perfect explanation in the episode of why it was going to be fine. And anyway, but yes, that's on both of our lists. 
Yeah. No, Lex look, losing his memory. You know, that, that dynamic that you referenced and that we saw in that scene with Clark and Lex, I've been talking about this on the podcast for a year. It's like, I, you know, most people tend to disagree with me, but it's like, no, I really feel like that scene is a perfect encapsulation of how this could work moving forward, of how Lex could know, but not expose Clark because there, no matter what has transpired between them, there's still that Clark saved them on the bridge. There's that bedrock of, of friendship. There's something still there, but they are at odds. And I just think it makes it so much more interesting. And uh, yeah, that it, uh, it bothers. It's the promise of the show, right? It's the promise. It's like these best friends who become enemies. It didn't say like these best friends <laughs> and the woman gets amnesia and they're enemies. I'm like, what? Well, yeah. What, what Matt, like there's the eternal question of like, if Clark told Lex a secret, will Lex turn evil? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, not, that doesn't matter now either because he just, he has no, anyway. Yeah. I, we could talk the rest of the podcast about this, frankly, but <laughs> I know. How, let me ask you this: uh, When you get to the finale on your show, uh, do you think you're just going to do one? Well, I mean, I was a two parter, so you could at least do two. Episodes. Is it going to be more? I feel like this is going to be like a multi part. I, I have many thoughts about how I'm going to cover that show. Um, it'll just be like a ten hour. <laughs> we'll do a live stream, twenty four hours talking about the finale. Who wants to be on next, right? But there's just so much to unpack. Like a normal episode of Smallville, like you know, I go. It's funny these episodes are forty five minutes, and sometimes depending on the conversation and the guests, like we go a couple hours, you know, unpacking everything in the finale. It's like it's it's. Uh, I got to think about how I'm going to cover it. It's going to be unique for sure. So, Flat Squirrel Productions is an affiliate of BCW Supplies. The next time you need to restock on comic book bags, boards, boxes, and more, be sure to use promo code FSP to save 10% on your order. It helps support the show, too. Thank you. My comic shop travels haven't yet taken me to Texas, but when they do, my first stop will be the Hive Comics and Tabletop Games. As they say, we exist to make your entry into nerdy realms easy. An oasis of nerd fun and events in the heart of Odessa, Texas, Hive carries a full selection of comics, manga, and gaming including Magic, D&D, Yu-Gi-Oh!, and Pokemon. Visit them in person or via their online shop at thehivecomics.com. Film lovers and filmmakers should check out these festivals. Brightside Tavern in Jersey City, Hang On To Your Shorts in Asbury Park, Point Lookout on Long Island, and In The Cut in Bloomfield, New Jersey. Event details and submission info can be found at filmfreeway.com. Follow the fests on social media for updates on discounts, tickets, and more. Also, be sure to listen to the Hang On To Your Shorts and Cullen On Film podcasts available via a shared universe network. If you're a fellow father out there, or if you're just interested in hearing a fun conversation, check out Shadadigans, a weekly podcast by dads sharing their dad experiences. Listen, relate, and laugh. One of the hosts has been a guest of this show, Justin DeVoe, In recent years, Justin has embarked on a truly remarkable fitness journey, which you can see for yourself on Instagram at RealLifeLobo. And if you're looking for guidance on your own fitness journey, check out at Iron and Honor. Yeah. All right. So we expressed a couple of our gripes about the finale. What's what's next on your list? Well, um, let's let's go back to early days of Smallville. No Kawachi Caves. I felt like... This okay. This this goes an interesting, unique thing to the small mythology, but there is never any explanation about <laughs> how this information was was given to the Kawachi Indians. Um, like, I, 
I, I, I don't know. Like I, I've, I read this really cool fan theory once and maybe it was on the Krypton site forums <laughs> and it was talking about like, what if like, and this is, you know, forgive me, whoever posted this, I don't remember who you were, but I thought this was the coolest idea. Um, but it was like, it's the, it's like a flash forward and it's the future. And Lex is in his battle suit, battling Superman, it's things you would never see on Smallville, but then we didn't know this back in season two or three when people were talking about this. It's like, and Lex hits him with some ray, but, but it, it throws him back in time. Like, and, and, and then he, Superman shows up 600 years before and he's, and he's with the, the people there, the Kawachi Indians, and he tells them the story of his life and they paint it on the walls and something like that. And I was like, that's really cool. That would explain how they would have this fore- foresight. Um, since that never happened, and then the caves, obviously, production-wise, you know, behind the scenes, when they built the fortress set, they tore down the cave set. Except for that one room sometimes where they go in the slot, the secret room. Um, <laughs> then people are just showing pictures of the caves the rest of the show. And it's just, like, I don't, I don't know, like, the ca- like, you didn't, don't blow up the spaceship. The spaceship can do what the caves do for you. And then you don't need these caves. Um, I just, I, I'm not saying that like, it's a terrible idea on its, on its own. I'm just saying they never, ex- I, I expected some explanation <laughs> of, of these prophecies and things and we never got them. And then it became kind of an afterthought and there was such a central location for like the second and third season, fourth season as well. Right. Um, so I would have, yeah, to, to answer my criticism, if I say no caves, I would say, use the spaceship more for those things. And then go to the fortress. So it's just this, this caves, this weird intermediate thing. Um, and, and the key works in the ship, and it works in the caves, and it works in so many places. And then it's also a teleporter of some kind. So, what what do you think about the Kawachi caves? I'm, I'm very curious. I, I don't think we've ever. I don't, I don't know what your thoughts are on this. I don't think I've ever heard you talk about. It. You know what's funny? I don't think I've ever given them that much thought. But I don't disagree with you. I, yeah, I don't feel as strongly, but I don't disagree with you either. I mean, it's it's funny. I guess it sort of ties in at least somewhat to to one of the things from my list that I'll just I'll, I'll throw in quickly here. The um, the idea of Kryptonians visiting Earth um, through these portals, and I know I, I talked about this when I was on on, on your show. Uh, you know, this idea that the Kents were chosen. Uh, you know, that Jor-El had this walkabout on Earth and he was impressed with, uh, you, know, one, you know, one of the Kents. I don't like that uh, for a variety of reasons, you know, especially when we talk about the origin. I like the idea that there's some element of chance and, and of Jor-El and Lara not knowing exactly what's going to happen to their son. That that adds this whole element of, of drama and tragedy to the proceedings. If it's like, well, we're sending him to this very specific couple and we know he'll be fine. I feel like that takes something away from it. But kind of hand in hand with it yeah like this this mythology with the caves and the kryptonians visiting earth uh i don't know i i'm i was never really a fan of that and even more so now like especially having done the dives that i've done into the various tellings of the origin and things like that uh yeah i'm I'm not a fan so like i said i don't feel i don't feel so strongly about the caves but i and you know in fairness it's been so long since i've revisited those early seasons you know i i bet if i rewatched it now i would probably be clocking that more but uh yeah no i'll, I'll co-sign on that one and, and i will also co-sign on the the no kryptonians on earth thing that was actually next year on, on my list this, this isn't any like the first two like clark in the costume and mind wipe for lex that's like a and b one and two like that's the top everything else is kind of in like a whatever i was came to mind next at this point so um but yeah Kawachi caves and no kryptonians on earth especially 
like Jorel having been in Smallville. Like yeah. talk about universe. It's just this. I understand it's a trope of TV. It's like we're going to have the actors play like older, no, like their ancestors in older times, so we can do flashbacks. I'm like, uh, that's I don't know. That's and then Lana's aunt looks just like her, and it's just I don't know, man. I I, I was never a fan of of that, and that, I, that opens up so many like their the, the portals to Earth or their portals to other planets. I I don't know. Like it just the, the whole to your point about the the origin, like putting him in a, in a spaceship, sending him off to the unknown, right? That's like part of the whole tragedy. And it's like, you could have just gone through a, a, a portal in the cave and you've been here for hundreds of years. And, and there's been meteor rocks on earth for hundreds. That's another thing. Meteor rocks on earth before Krypton explodes. That doesn't make any sense. No sense. To me, as my understanding of Superman mythology, the Kryptonite is formed when Krypton blows up. Yes. So it shouldn't, if you brought a rock from Krypton to Earth before it blew up, it would just be a rock. But anyway, that's kind of another, I guess, bullet point. Too much kryptonite from before Krypton exploded. That's yes. an issue I have as well. Well, also, on that note, and because, you, again, you've been rewatching the show and with a very, you know, specific and, and critical eye to discuss on your show. So you could probably answer this because I'm, I'm, it's a little fuzzy for me. But I have this memory, I guess, of... Clark feeling or not feeling the effects of kryptonite at various points, even though he probably should have. Like, I understand if he's literally too far away or, you know, there's lead, right? He's not going to feel the effect. But I feel like there were times on Smallville when he just didn't feel it because he didn't see it. it, it, it does anything come to mind? Because maybe this is just in my head. Uh, well, I, speaking of season seven, for example, uh, there, there, there's been a couple of really egregious instances, I think, like uh, Wrath, the episode where Lana gets his powers. Mm-hmm. They're like walking by the windmill and like, oh, that's kryptonite. I'm like, you telling me? When did that kryptonite get there? It's been sitting there for how long? And you just, uh, and then um, Hero, the infamous Pete Ross stride gum episode, Pete <laughs> is chewing kryptonite gum this whole time, talking to Clark, playing basketball. Like, did you not? And there's a lot of this. Kryptonite <laughs> itself is just the inconsistency of of it affecting him is a problem. So. Yeah. Fair enough. But hey, by the way, though, we love this show. Just in we case love you, it. Just we love it record. so much. <laughs> I think that. Well, it's, it's funny. An audience, please feel free to reach out if you've like if you've not watched Smallville. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know how, what you're getting out of this episode. Hopefully, you're still enjoying it. But I feel like if you did watch Smallville, I feel like you're right here with us. I, I truly believe that, uh, and that that's my hope at least. So, the next one on on my list. Which one should I do here? I'm going to, all right, this, maybe this is kind of a big swing, maybe a little controversial. And this is like a big picture, like foundational aspect of the show and not something that I've always felt, but upon reflection, and this does not have to do with real world events and the actors behind the scenes. It does not. Oh, but upon oh I'm, I'm curious where this is going now. Okay. All right. I, so generally speaking, as a fan of the show, I enjoyed the character of Chloe Sullivan more often than not. But if I'm really thinking about it, I think the character of Chloe was a mistake because I think that they had to take too much away from the other. They had to take too much away from the other characters and it did the other characters a disservice. She became the the best friend, the confidant, the love interest and the reporter. So Pete Ross instantly has less to do and clearly they didn't know what to do with him. Lana, and this is a larger discussion, but Lana was then only this unrequited love and the back and forth and the angst. Had she also been like his his best friend, 
that would have given them some new pockets and new things to explore. Wouldn't It wouldn't have always had to be, I love you, but you're keeping secrets from me. And with Lois, I mean, when they finally brought Lois in, it's like, you know, she meandered for years because, you know, Chloe occupied the reporter space. So it, this wasn't something that, as a, as a 14-year-old watching the first season, I was really thinking about. But now, as a 34-year-old looking back on the show, I'm like, I think Chloe did more harm than good. As much as, like, I guess at the time, I and a lot of people probably thought, like, this is a great new addition to the mythology. Sure. <laughs> but I, I really think it came at the expense of those other characters, and it limited what they could do with them. So I... As I as I'm laying that out, I've I've gotten more because <laughs> it was on my list, but I felt a little tentative about it. But as I'm saying it, I'm like, nah, I stand by this. <laughs> I have a huge one for Chloe here. Let's just let's rip this bandaid off and talk <laughs> about Chloe. Okay, it all worked out on the show with Chloe and Lois and all that. Yeah, you know, you know what I'm going to say. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, I'm not saying they should have done this. I'm saying they could have done this and been arguably made for a better story. If Chloe was Lois Lane, okay, the C H L O I S theory, where Chloe turns out to be Lois Lane, again, real world things. Let's ignore those right now. Let's just talk about purely the narrative of the show, right? Sure. If if you're gonna if you're if you're gonna this show, and I talk about this too much on my podcast, but I feel like it's my soapbox to bring it up because I think it's like this crazy fan theory, and I had so much fun back in the day on the Krypton stuff forums talking about. It. I know a lot of people get really upset about this, so I understand emotions are high, right, with these characters and things like this. But just hear me out. <laughs> just for a second here so this show elevates lana to like clark and lex status right mm-hmm. so it's like clark lex and lana right and then it's the supporting characters so i'm talking like season early seasons is like that right? um then lois lane shows up but then the, the the balance of power is all out of whack without which characters but that's okay because it's supposed to be a superman prequel show but once you get past like season five, you got to change your mindset to say, no, no, this isn't a Superman prequel show anymore. This is Superman just happening earlier in his life, right? And then you can accept things like Doomsday and Brainiac and Zod. You, that's that's how you accept these things. So if you if you truly think of it this way, then who are your four main characters? Well, Clark, Lex, Lana, and Chloe. They're all there from the beginning, right? The unrequited love with Clark and Chloe thing going on, right? So much journalism intrigue, like you said. Chloe was the lowest of the show for several years and they, and it took them years after introducing Lois to figure it's I'm in season seven right now. They're, they're finally figuring out that transition where they're like, okay, Chloe, we're going to take away all the stuff you do and give it to Lois. They set themselves up for failure with the, with, with this setup with this. So I understand what you mean. If you just erase Chloe, that actually, that does solve a problem. This that's kind of the other extreme of what I'm talking about. <laughs> you either erase her or you make her like, extremely important so and this is not a slight erica durance this is not saying like you know lois showing up ruined the show or anything this is not i'm just talking about if you if you look at it this way right if it, it this all of everything there works to like at the end of season three where it's like let's just say lionel blows up quote-unquote chloe and her dad they go into hiding right she has a pseudonym lois which she used earlier that season <laughs> submit articles to the daily planet you did this smallville don't tell me that we made this up so (laughs) so then so then so she's gone for a while right and then like clark meets her again at the daily planet but she is lois lane and that's the big twist and that's like if Smallville was five years long that's what you do like i'm I'm saying you kill off now we're talking all kinds of like hypotheticals like i'm just this is a brief flyover with that idea but it's like you kill off chloe in season three Clark and Lana are together in season four and five. They have a nice mature breakup. We'll get back to that as we go down the list. But 
and then and then like the last like the montage at the end of the show is Clark showing up to work. Michael uh, McKean hires him, right? He's here's your partner, Lois Lane. It's Chloe. She has dark hair now because she's obviously has a pseudonym and changed her identity to hide from the Luthers to get the job done. And she and she's been a lifelong her lifelong dream is being a reporter. Like so, that is just one alternate option of what the show could have done. I'm not saying that would have been better or they should have done that. I'm just saying, as somebody who loves Chloe, loved the character back in the day, like I just thought she was fantastic. I love the I love the dynamic. Like, hey, Tom Welling and Allison Mack had really good chemistry throughout the show on very various levels, romantic, platonic. There's a reason they pair these characters up so strongly, and then characters like Pete and Lana, to your point, fell off to the wayside uh, in the importance that they should. That's I never really considered that uh, being such a Chloe fan. I never considered erasing her. <laughs> so that's, <laughs> that's a bold move. Um, but I understand what you mean because because they pair them so tightly. For the whole show, right? Chloe's here, although in less episodes in season 10, she's there from start to finish. Chloe and Clark are there from start to finish. So, um, and they were toying with this whole like Clark and Chloe thing, and Chloe and Lois thing for a long time. I mean, in season six, Lois dies and Chloe resurrects her. <laughs> you know, it's like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> so anyway, do you, do you hear what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. No, totally. Okay. I mean, I, no. <laughs> I know for half the fandom probably think I'm a crazy person right now, but... I think that would have worked. In this alternate Elseworlds version of things, you could have done that. That's what I mean. Yeah. And I mean, you know, for anyone who like doesn't recall this, I mean, I, I, I do remember that theory at the time on the Krypton site forums. And, you know, I had Craig Byrne, you know, on uh, very early on on this podcast, you know, and we talked about his site and uh, no, like I remember that very well. I don't, it's funny. I don't know that I really had, I don't think I really bought into that at the time. Like I just... I, for whatever reason, I was like, I don't think they would actually do that, but I think that could have worked. I mean, I, I guess you, like you and I are coming at it from different angles and different solutions, but it's getting at the same problem, like the problem that Chloe as is creates on the show. So because of how much I, I really loved Erica Durant, it's like I, I couldn't, yeah, I, I, I couldn't get on board with that knowing what we know, but you know, if you know, we can really rewind. It's like before we got to that point of bringing her on, it's like, yeah, I think like something like that could have worked. Um, but I think, the, you know, and again, it's tough to say because I did, I liked the character of Chloe, but yeah, I, I think it just, it just shortchanged too many of the other characters. So I, I a thousand percent get what you're saying. That's, that's, yeah, that's an interesting way we both approach it from completely different angles, but it kind of addresses the same issue. Yeah. Um, because when you see Chloe, and that's the thing, right? I mean, when, when there was a physical Lois Lane, when Eric and Ranch showed up and she was Lois Lane, it became like, that's when the, that's when the arguments really got heated on the, on the message boards. Right. But <laughs> when she wasn't Lois Lane, so to speak for like four years, you and you're sitting there, you're seeing Chloe get a job at the planet, go up the ranks, tangle with the Luthers. You're like, so what, what do you, what, what are you going to do? And then they just, yeah. by the time season eight rolls around, Lois becomes like the Lois. Right. And that resolves itself and. It's great the last three years, but that's the reason that conversation continued for so long, right? So yeah, so that's, that's a big one. <laughs> that's a big one. Well, you know what? I, I can piggyback off of that with something else that's kind of that that is Chloe related, uh, but it has larger implications too. I I felt this at the time, and I feel it now. There should have been other ongoing love interests for Clark. It could have been Chloe. You know, they danced around it. On the one hand, part of me likes the fact that they never fully went there. You know, they got close a couple of times, right? But they never fully went there. And part of me likes that. But at the same time, it's like, you know, they could have dated in season four or they could have dated in season six. 
But whether it was Chloe or Lori Lamaris or anyone else, anyone else, <laughs> to have to have given the 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 Clark Lana back and forth a little a little breather, uh, I would have appreciated. So that's one of the items on on my list. You know, we had Alicia for a few episodes. You know, in the entire series, it was you know it wasn't much. Alicia's on my list. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, but at least like that was something, it was, it was nice to see Clark play off of someone else. And, and again, just to give, you know, it's, it's, it's funny now, right? And we, everyone's aware of this, right? How much television has changed, right? And you, all these shows you watch, except the CW shows that still do 20 plus episodes a season, but you watch everything <laughs> else, right? You know, eight, 10 episodes, right? It's real tight. It's contained. You know, things move a lot faster. But when, you know, you're watching this week to week for 22 episodes for 10 years (laughs) or, you know, seven plus if we're talking Clark and Lana specifically, it was a lot and it was a lot of back and forth and it it did get tiresome for me at least. And so it would have been nice. And the Lori Lamaris thing, that ties into another thing, which I, I'll just throw in, I'll just do this one quickly here. Although actually this might be a larger thing, but maybe it might be on your list, but I wish he had stayed in college. I wish they had done college stories. I think Lori could have been someone who they introduced at that point. Um, but anyway, more love interest for Clark. And I think it could have been Chloe. I would have been okay with a season of them, uh, dating, but that's one of the ones on my list. Yeah. To that point, I have uh, Alicia on here in season four when she comes back, you know, we'll have her be a half season love interest or a full season love interest. I think she was a great character, a great actress. Like obviously her and Tom Mulling had great chemistry. Uh, Sarah Carter, mm-hmm. I believe her name was. And for early Smallville standards, the fact that she was even in three episodes makes her like a very big recurring character, right? I mean, I was, she gets shot at the end of her second episode. I'm like, well, she's dead. And she wasn't like, if that was like season one, she totally would have been dead. Right. Um, but Alicia, I think was fantastic. And they could have really played with that longer. I mean, Lana got Jason and I guess Adam kind of counts, but not really right. But she had other, you know, Whitney obviously, and then Lex, right. Um, which that's its own, that's on here. We can talk about that. But, um, yeah, I, I, I 100% agree. And I think Lori Lamaris is, you know, for those who don't know, she is a mermaid <clears throat> that uh, Clark dates in college. But they could have done something like that. They could have just, they could have made her Atlantean and then not revealed it to the end. And then some kind of Aquaman connection, like just more people. And I think that's, that kind of piggybacks to another, I don't even have my list, but if we're talking about it, like, just expand the universe of the of the, these characters' lives. Like I, I like season one and the fact that it seemed like people had their own stuff going on. Like Lana had a couple of friends, like Tina Greer, who wasn't like buddy buddy with everybody. And Chloe was like Chloe and Lana were like they knew each other, but they weren't like sisters. Like move in with me and all this stuff. And I don't know, like the the, the world of the town seemed larger. Like oh, there's an antique store here, or this person has a greenhouse or something, right? And and I guess that that can I this is an actual bullet point that can piggyback into um just let's and the, the the term that I've coined somehow on my podcast is Trevor's, which is I don't know why we came up with this name. I think Lance and I came up with it just that's just a random name we came up with. People that show up, they act like, oh yeah. Uh, Charles, you've been here since freshman year. It's like, no, you I've never seen you before, right? Like, and I understand it's episodic television in, in the early two thousands, it was a very different world back then, right? But I think had they just planted some seeds of some recurring characters you saw in the background, and then when they become a meteor freak, it's kind of a bigger deal, and you actually care, and you have to do less setup than they have to do. And that's why the, I think that's why the meteor freak things came so repetitive, because you have to introduce a character, have them be normal for about 15 minutes of that show, then have them turn 
get powers and they have to turn evil and it all happens so quick. That's why the formula gets old. And if you had a an expanded cast of characters, I'm not saying everybody has to be in every episode. I'm just saying like maybe one or two episodes before someone turns into a meteor freak, that would be very helpful, right? Like 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 um even you get away with it in the earlier episodes, like uh, Greg Arkin, right? The bug boy, like they establish, like, Hey, you and Clark used to be friends. And you're like, okay, I haven't seen that, but it's a brand new show. I'm going to go with that. That's fine. <laughs> but you cannot do that in season four when they like, everybody turns them into wax people at the, <laughs> the forever episode. It's like, I don't know who any of you people are. So that would have been anything to me. Just, just building the, the, the world of the show more with characters. Oh, that's a great one. That's a great one. And I agree. And you know, the, as you were saying that the show that 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 flashed across my mind was Veronica Mars, the first couple of seasons. I don't know if, if you're a, f- a fan of that show, but I feel like they did a, a better job with that. Like there were some like background people who, who kind of, you know, you know, would kind of come to the surface and then fade to some extent, at least. But yeah, something like that would have been great. You know, one of my favorite episodes of the entire series was the 200th Homecoming, but it broke my heart that other than Bug Boy. You know, it's like it's a high school reunion, but there's no one, unless I'm mistaken. But like, there's no one we've seen before. They make up new people. Yeah, <laughs> you didn't need to do that. <laughs> you know, it was like that was that was disappointing. No, I, that's a that was not on my list specifically, but that's a great one. I, I I'm with you on that. Uh, you were kind of piggybacking off of stuff that I was saying. I want to. You want to do another one from your list? Oh yeah. Um. Let, let me let me go back to one other thing. We were talking about Krypton and all this and Kryptonite and stuff. One thing I do want to say is less red Kryptonite. I feel like they went to this well there too many times. I think obviously I think the best red Kryptonite episode is the first one, red. You know, and people love you know Cal so much <laughs> that they. They're like, well, let's find a way to bring him back, right? And so he comes back, you know, three times in season two. I love the, the whole uh, Phoenix and Exile and the and the beginning of season three is great. I don't love Exodus as much. Honestly, I rank that one lower in my season finale just because it's just, I, don't, I think Calling's a great episode, but, but Exodus is a little weak in, in a lot of areas. So I just, you're going back to Red Crypt Night again so soon, right? Um, they bring it back. I love Alicia, but they bring back Red Crypt Night there. And they never explain how she knows about it. <laughs> That's kind of lame. Um, they leave it alone for a while, you know, and then, uh, but like the, uh, crimson. That's my favorite. That though. That's my yeah. favorite. I love that. I love that. That dinner scene. I love it so much. That is the most, that is like the, the office. One of its most famous episodes is like the dinner. People know the office. It's like, it's, it's a called dinner, dinner party, right? Dinner, dinner party. party. That's yeah. the name of that episode. That is Smallville's version of that. Like Clark busting in talk, speaking all this harsh truth. I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. It's very enjoyable. And it's very uncomfortably awkward, and it 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 is pretty amazing. And, and Tom Willing excels when he plays villains and things like that. Um, but I just I don't know. Am I off base here? You, you think they think they just found just the right balance of Red K or I like how many times is he going to go put on a leather jacket and le- leather jacket and some sunglasses and like and, and but more so than that, like the excuses afterward. Yes. Like like his his activity, like the things he would do, people that don't know his secret would never talk to him again after these things. And then two <laughs> weeks later, it's like, oh, hey, yeah, you just had one of those weeks, Clark. You know, so it's like it's more the the repercussions of it. You might get away with that once or twice, but you know, this is a very specific one. But it was the episode Rush, right? Was that the second one in season two where they did? Yes, with the, with, yeah, yeah, and. 
uh, Pete and Chloe were both affected by what? What was it specifically that got them? Um, Kryptonian parasites that lived in the cave. The parasites. Okay. It always <laughs> bothered me, uh, and I guess thematically, right? Like it, they got mileage out of the fact that because I, 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 you know, all these years later, I've not rewatched this episode in many, many years. But I remember like the conversation with Lana and Clark where Lana was like, well, I know why Pete and Chloe were acting like that, but what's your excuse? And it always, and this is nitpicky, I guess, but it always bothered me, especially Pete at this point in the story, he knows Clark's secret. It's like, you can't come up with a cover story. You can't like come up with something to account for why, you know, maybe Clark yeah, did have the parasite. Hospital records. You could just say, yeah, it got me too. You know? Yeah. It always, it just, especially since Pete, it just was just like, come on, like, <laughs> that's what you're here for. Come on. That one always bothered me. But to your point, it's like, yeah, maybe one too many times with the red kryptonite. Uh, but I have to keep the crimson episode. You can take – I would give you give you back Rush and give you back the Alicia. That that's fine. But as long as I can have my, my dinner party scene, I'm good. Well, and they do, they do spread it out. I think I, – it's I just like season two and three, like they just – and I love those seasons, right? I love the, but it's just like it was all so much. Like if you count – like seriously, red, uh, Rush – Exodus at the end, uh, Exile and Phoenix. That's like five episodes in a season and a half of Red Kryptonite. And it's like, I, I just felt like they like they identify that Cal was popular and they're like, let's use that as much as we can. Right. And if they just they spread it out a little more, because uh, that's what I do like about, you know, we can we can spin some positive sprinkle in here. Right. I do like they start varying up the colors later on. Yeah. Because you wondered, like, oh, is there going to be anything else? And then they, you get blue and you get gold at the very end. And to various levels of success, I'll say the use of them, but just the fact that it was just wasn't always red kryptonite all the time. And, and I, I season nine was 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 interesting, but I don't like when they use that. It was like red kryptonite dust or whatever. Um, they tried to be a little more creative that time, but uh, I don't know. I just I but I, I enjoy. I understand why because it is enjoyable because whenever you get to shake up the status quo, but um, episodic television. Right. You get away with a lot more when it's basically reset button every week. Yeah. Well, and but also to your earlier point, I mean, I think this this might also be a, a, a victim, right, of the fact that they weren't intending to go as many seasons as they did. Right. Like if they were only going to go four or five seasons, they probably oh, get our red kryptonite episodes in now. I mean, I I'm assuming if they knew they would have a decade to play with, <laughs> they would have spaced the red kryptonite out a little bit more. Uh, but no, fair enough. I yeah, that was not something that particularly irked me, but. But again, fair enough. Uh, like I said, as long as I get to keep Crimson, I'm good. All right, I, what should I do next? I'm going to do, I'm going to take a big swing here. And I originally had this on my list and I wasn't even going to call it a wish. I was just going to call it like a what if. I wasn't even going to commit to it as a wish. But you know what? Again, yeah, go big or go home on the podcast. So, Reckoning, episode 100, big 100. For anyone who needs a quick refresher, Clark reveals the secret to Lana, proposes, she accepts, Lex realizes that Lana knows Clark's secret. He chases after her on the road. She gets into a car accident. She dies. Clark super speeds onto the scene, revealing his secret to Lex. It's so dramatic. It's so powerful. Clark, distraught, goes to the fortress, pleads with Jor-El to have a redo. Jor-El gives him this crystal. You can only use it once. There has to be balance in the universe. There will be consequences. Clark doesn't care. He has to save Lana. He uses it. He changes the day's events. He doesn't tell her his secret. She lives, but Pa Kent, in a battle with Lionel Luther, suffers a fatal heart attack. 
it's a, a pivotal moment in the series. It's a turning point for the series. You could draw a clear line in the sand with episode 100. And again, I was a little hesitant to like commit to this as a wish, but you know what? No redo. No re no do over. I think that. Oh, okay. No, yeah. and I was thinking. Uh, I was thinking maybe switch them. Like Jonathan dies first. Ooh. And then Lana dies second. Ooh, okay. I like but that. You're, but you're oh. saying no redo at all. Because then, because Lex knows the secret, then that's a better I, uh, interesting twist. Either you know what I would I would take your your proposal as well. But I, I it's just this idea, and I, I feel you know what it is too. At the time, I guess it made sense. It was like, well, of course they're not going to kill off Lana permanently. But knowing where the Clark Lana, like knowing what we get after episode 100 with Clark and Lana, I sort of feel like it wouldn't have been the biggest loss story wise if they had killed her. It, you know, it would have been very, it would have been very Spider Man esque with Gwen Stacy and like that whole thing. And it, it obviously would have been. I've a- described it the same way. Like just like make Lana in this version, this Else World's tale of Superman. Lana, because this is a very Spider-Man as Superman, right? Small boy. Lana can be his Gwen Stacy, and then you can move on to Lois at that point. Instead of like the only reason, I got my idea for what I'll bring up next. But the only re- the only reason you're not with Lana is because she's physically kryptonite. So that's that's. And we've talked about that. I had um, Trisha Ennis, who's, who's become a good friend of mine and guest on the show. We we on Reckoning, we talked about that, and we're like, yeah, like we don't want we don't like the fridging, or you know, just for the sake of it, but what do they do with Lana's character after this, which justifies keeping her around, right? I mean, she marries Lex, and then she's kind of bad for a while, and then she, Kristen Kirk leaves the show, and then she comes back and wrecks season eight. And you know, Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's... And I think this dovetails with, with what's on your list, I'm assuming. But, like, had they evolved the Clark-Lana dynamic to what we're, we're currently seeing in Superman and Lois, where they're friends, like, they're true, they're friends, then fine, let Lana live. I want to see that happen. I want to see them move past the back and forth romantically and and become friends. I'm totally on board with that. But knowing that her their story ends, like you said, with him literally unable <laughs> to be in the same room with her because of the kryptonite that she's absorbed, I, that's, I, I mean, there's more to say on that. But knowing that that's where we go, it's like, I don't, know that the story would have been worse off by having her die in that hundredth episode. Lex is responsible. So you talk about the wedge between Clark and Lex. It's like, my God, like there, there you go. He's also kind of drunk. So maybe he'd see or didn't see Clark speed. There's plenty of loopholes there. Right. Exactly. Or, but that's the thing too. It's like, even if he does know and remember that just plays into what we were saying before about this dynamic where he can't like, there's so much, there's so, there's so many ways to go with that. And also, you know, with with Pa dying in in Reckoning, with Jonathan dying again, going back to what we were saying before, had the fifth season been the final one, it's like okay, he dies halfway through the final season. You know, the show went another five years. It's like you know he he could have made it a couple more seasons and then had a heart attack. It's like you could have gotten some more play out of Jonathan Kent. I, I yeah, I, I that's on my list. I got to stand by that one. Yeah, that's one of even when that episode came out, I thought about that. Like I was like, should we have switched these? And, and because I I like you, I like the Kents being around. I find that a, a very, like a, a refreshing, more optimistic, you know, feature for Superman. Um, I listened to your episode with Mark Wade, and I was very surprised to hear that he was like, "Oh yeah, I want the kids to be dead." I'm like, "Oh," because I I'm pretty much in line with Mark Wade's mindset and writing about the character on, on a lot of things, much like yourself. And so I was I was shocked that he was like, "Yeah, if I could have done anything, I would have killed the kids." Um, because I mean, you have the younger kids 
therefore that just lends itself to them being alive when he's Superman. Yes, there's some tragedy, and yes, some of the most emotional things of the show. Like I, I, you know, I, I've cried on occasion watching Smallville. One of the ver- one of the uh, uh, moments was when um, Clark and and was talking to Earth Two Jonathan, right, talking about he was his hero and all. Like oh, oh. Anyway, you don't get that without him dying. So there's. You know, this is they were all just hypotheticals here, right? So I'm not saying it could be better or worse, whatever. We're just having fun, having some thought experiments. So I think if you if you do that with Lana, you know, then that drives that wedge. See, because Clark and Lex, although ideologically they did start to diverge, obviously, like so much of it was because of Lana anyway. So it's like mm-hmm. just go all in with that and have that be the the thing you can't go back from as far as Clark and Lex are concerned. So yeah, I, I, I never thought about it. Just no reset. That's, that's even, I, I prefer that to, there is only one time crystal. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's like, if you have the technology, why not make two? <laughs> anyway, that, that's, that's fascinating. But yeah, so dovetailing into, yeah. you know, if we've kind of covered that yes. well enough, the Klana breakup, right? Something like if Smallville is about, rites of passage, boy becoming a man, right? Things you go through in life to mature. I think it would have been, you know, a really powerful thing if they actually uh, did a whole, hey, you know what? Sometimes relationships just, people aren't right for each other. And they maturely kind of like shake hands and go their separate ways. And there's, you know, uh, that's great, right? And obviously not all breakups are like that, but some could be. And Lana Lang is an essential character in the Smallville mythos. So so your other option, right, of you're not going to kill her off like we've been talking about, right? <laughs> Very happy to have her just go to Paris for a while or stay in Small... Like, her her destiny is just to be the girl you left behind in Smallville, right? And Superman and Lois is doing, as you, as you mentioned, is doing a great job with that, right? She takes a lot of ownership in the town and all these things, and um, that would have been great. And I think that's another avenue they could have done with her that wouldn't make her like a, a you know superpower or a witch or anything i got something else on that later but you know that's it's okay to have characters just be normal people instead of giving everybody a power I and mean, that's a problem with the cw shows these days like on the flash everybody has a power right or heroes back in the day everybody had a superpower it's like no 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 it's she could just be a person who lived in smallville and had a after a long healthy relationship with clark for two or three years maybe they just his destiny is beyond here and they have to go. And that's that. And then, and, and, or, or she goes to Paris. Like they even, there were plenty of opportunities where she, where she could have left, but even in season three, did you really think she was going to be in Paris forever? We knew she'd be back. Oh, so, yeah. um, I don't, but that, that was man, season eight. That was such a bad way to end that. It would have been better if she never came back. The fact that she comes back just as Clark and Lois are getting together. Lana comes back, derails that. Lois is gone for several episodes. Clark and Lana are back in like the height of their season seven relationship. They're in season eight. And then it's only because she is infused with kryptonite that they aren't together. And then, and then in the back of your head, you're like, so would Clark and Lois have been together if Lana didn't have the kryptonite? And, you know, we talked about this briefly on when you were on my show, but like Kristen Kirk doesn't do this, the Chung Lee movie, street fighter movie. Do they change the mythology and Clark ends up with Lana? I certainly hope not, but I don't know. Yeah, I know we talked about that. And I think I think there's an argument to be made. And and like like you had said, you know, you look at what Arrow did with Felicity instead of uh, uh, Laurel in that case. And it's like, yeah, you know, you could see something like that happening. Uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, that 
It's funny because, like I said before, you know, seasons eight, nine, and ten. Uh, generally, I'm a fan. I really like the first half of season eight. The second half was problematic, and in large part because yes. of that Lana arc, and it drove me nuts. Because I, I so loved the dynamic that they were building with Clark and Lois. They're working together at the planet. They're, you know, they're they're sparking. They're playing off of each other. It's, you know, you see it evolving, and, you know. To to bring Lana back and again to just instantly jump right back into the Clark Lana of it all and to your point this always bothered me and I know it was a function of you know they were limited in how many episodes they could have Erica Duranson like until the final season but you know the fact that they had spent so much time building up Clark and Lois and then she was just MIA it's like ah oh, what was the point of this and it just felt like such a misstep where look complain as we will about you know, uh, Tom Welling not wearing the costume. Clark became Superman, right? Like, he, at the end of the day, he becomes Superman, and that's what needs to happen. With Clark and Lana, there, I feel like there was something that needed to happen. It needed to evolve to friendship, and or kill her off. <laughs> like, but the way they left it, where it's like, he, I, I you know, I, I think what you're, you know, the question you pose, I think, is a valid one. It's like, is he with Lois only because he literally can't be with Lana. I mean, there's that early season nine episode, like the zombie one, where, you know, I think at the end of the episode, Clark finally takes the picture of Lana out of his wallet. So it's like they did what they could, I guess, to show like, oh, no, he's actually moved on. But it's like, I mean, I don't know, like too little too late, I think, at that point. What what they needed was Christian Crude to come back for one episode in season nine or ten. Yeah. Wrap all this up. Because like, there's an episode, uh, Escape, I think, one of the episodes that I was like, what is this, right? I believe that's the one with uh, Green Arrow and Chloe and Clark and Lois, and they're all at the bed and breakfast, right? Anyway. <laughs> the Silver Banshee kind of episode. episode. It's Silver Banshee, oh, right? So I'm like, is that one called Banshee? No, it's called Escape. <laughs> um, should have be called Banshee. I don't understand why they did that. But you know what? There was so much complicated water on the bridge with all four of those characters have being in relationships with all of each other. Chloe with Clark, Lois with, I love Lois and Oliver's relationship. It was great stuff, right? In season six and stuff. You got to clean that stuff up. And they did it. <laughs> so, so it's like, I understand, you know, Kristen Kirk, maybe she didn't want to come back. I don't know, right? I mean, I know Tom Welling before season 10, he's like, oh, we definitely got to get Lex. We definitely got to get Lana back. And they got Lex and they they did what they did with that. But I, I really think they, they needed to bring Lana back just one more time to kind of just smooth that over, you know? Now in the season 11 comic books, which I'm sure you've read. I've not which I'm sure you haven't read. <laughs> I, which uh, I know this, I know, I know. Like, it's the sort of thing where as a small, and I've had conversations with friends of mine who are fellow Smallville fans and they cannot believe, I I will get to it. I've just, it's, I'll be honest, It's I can't even say like, oh, I haven't had a chance. I, I, I've had this hang up about reading them. I just sort of feel like the show was the show. And I, like the animated series that I know Welling and Rosenbaum are like real keen on, on uh, getting off the ground that I guess would, would be different to me, but with the, con- I don't know. I, I have had this hang up with it, but I will read it, but I have, I have not yet, but I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, no. There's just one, they have some side stories, you know, and one of them is uh, Lois goes to, I believe it's Africa and that's where Lana is currently. And she's just being kind of a superhero, you know? Uh, and then they encounter Metallo and that kind of, he sucks all her kryptonite, so she's kryptonite free at that point. Kryptonite free, just like stride gum. And they, there is some, they, they have some conversations and stuff about that, and they kind of like use that to kind of smooth things over with Lana. Um, but she doesn't interact with Clark or anything. Um, but something along those lines was like, even the the comic writers like, we have to address this, <laughs> and they addressed it. So, and I, you know what? 
last word on the comics thing real quick. I have not read the final arc. I believe it's called continuity. Cause I'm like, once I read this, there's nothing left <laughs> of Smallville. <laughs> so I am saving it for when I actually cover that on, on the podcast, but I've read everything up to that last arc. So gotcha. Yeah. Some, I, yeah, I agree. Even, yeah, even just a fleeting appearance in the finale or one of the final, like anything would have, would have, gone a long way you know they built up doomsday as like this final test you know again when it seemed like season eight was the final one it's like this final test i feel like lana was the final test for his heart like (laughs) this clark like i really you know you're that's the thing you know i i feel like that was missing you know when you look at the, the the life of the show and clark's arc i feel like that was something we needed to see like he needed to have that like proper closure it uh it like it drives me nuts that their final interaction on the show is Clark crying on the floor of the, uh, like that he can't be with her as she walks away. I, I hate it. That actually leads me to the next item on my list. It, it, Very where, good. <laughs> and I'm, not the next, I'm jumping around, but this is a perfect segue. Sure. Lex or Michael Rosenbaum's exit at the end of season seven in the, in the okay. Arctic episode where Clark and Lex, right? Have this, this face off at the fortress Fortunately, Michael Rosenbaum came back for the finale, even though we didn't like the direction they took him in. But uh, he came back, we, you know. But that wasn't a given. And the fact that you know mm. they ended that season, either not knowing if he was going to come back or knowing that he wasn't going to be a se- series regular, whatever the case may be, the fact that that was potentially the last time we saw Michael Rosenbaum on screen, and that's how they ended it with the fortress collapsing around them. I I, I just feel like that was really irresponsible like in the hypothetical scenario where he doesn't come back for the series finale what are we left with the the body doubles that that we got you remember in the i mean i'm sure you remember like there was a whole article about like entertainment weekly like rosenbaum not coming back for oh, the finale I'm like are you kidding me i remember that i was <laughs> yeah i remember that attack almost and then like i think like a week later they they worked it out or whatever but thank god because that to me for all the issues with the finale just him coming back does like kind of save things for me uh i never liked arctic I just felt it was a very underwhelming final confrontation anyway. It covered a lot of the same ground we'd already seen. You know, I think about the um, Vessel, you know? It's a very similar conversation, you know, where it's like, you were relying and this and that, and I got to stop, save the world and whatever. Okay, but then to do that again, and, and now he knows a secret, but then it doesn't it has no consequences because he's gone for the rest of the way. And it, it's season eight, they really see, I, I think they really thought they were going to get him back. Because they're like, they keep teasing him. They're like, here's a bald head, and here's a double, and Tess is talking to him or something, right? Uh, no. And then like the clone thing was very smart. Like season 10 was very, because that is comic book Lex Luthor using clones and, and, and all these things like very clever. But then like they get to the point where they're like, Oh, is he not coming back? Let's turn the clone to the Superboy, <laughs> and, they're, and they're like, Oh, he is coming back. <laughs> well, there's a select zero clone. I, in my head, Ken, in that final clone, we're kind of getting off topic, but that's fine. Right. That's fine. That, that final clone is the original Lex. I know that's not what they say. They're like, he's a masterwork. And they, I'm like, eh, Lex Zero implies to me like that's the original they've they've patched back together. And I'm going to go with that in my head canon. I'll go so, with that. I was, um, I always thought, it was funny when we got to the finale because I always thought we were going to find out that the Lex who blew up in the van in season eight and who was watching Tess and everything, you know, was, was, a, was, clone. was a clone. It was always... Mm-hmm. I was surprised that they were like, no, like that was actually Lex. And now he's just brought back by dark side. It's like, mm, I mean, all right, I'll go with it. You know, the, but. the visual language of that Darth Lex mask that Michael Rosebaum takes off. is like, well, 
I guess that was him. <laughs> so, yeah, I, this is I don't a- know, but no, you, you're right. The exit of him. See, I'm, I'm. It's strange because like I really love season nine, and that's the only season with absolutely no Luther in it at all. Right? I mean, not even Mitch. I mean, they mentioned Lex. Right? He's your ultimate opponent. And Clark's like, Lex is dead. And they're like, No, we're just gonna keep talking. And <laughs> just gotta keep that in there. Um, that doc. I love that Doctor Fate scene where he's just like, All right, buddy. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, <laughs> but I, I, but to, it's almost like if he could not pass a certain point with these characters, it was almost good that Lex got removed because it made, it made Clark like, like Clark, I just, I wish like season nine Clark could interact with like season six Lex, you know, like these peak versions of the characters. Right. But he was just never around for that. Um, and it's like the show almost needed them to step up because how many times like, oh, we got amnesia. Oh, did, did, did. like they were they refused to let him retain the knowledge of the secret. So what are you going to do? reset it again and all this stuff? So it's almost like they it's almost like they needed him to leave for a while. Um, but no, I agree with you. If, if, if like I haven't rewatched Arctic in forever and I'm, obviously it's coming up on the podcast. So I'm curious to see if I like it better now knowing that, oh, it's OK. He comes back. Because what even is that? Like it collapses, and then it's like the whole point is that you're going to control the traveler with this thing, and that doesn't even play at all into the next season. So, no. yeah, that that was such a cheat. The whole thing where we find out that Jor-El's version of you know controlling the traveler is just taking away his powers. It's like really, so, how many times has that happened? Right, so weak. Jor-El's taken away. They, you know, his powers always get taken away. I, the one thing, in fairness, that I did, I, I did like this in Arctic. That I, I, I really liked that Lex's final words to Clark were, "I love you like a brother, but it has to end this way." I, I did like that, but otherwise, yeah, that was not my favorite season finale. Not as bad as eight. It had to end that way. It had to. It had to end <laughs> he that. said it himself. So, yeah. <laughs> I know. I remember thinking that at the time. I'm like, well, knowing that he's not coming back, it's like, all right. Uh, this this isn't even a wish. This is more of a question I had for you. Um, and this launches us into a larger question. Um, but uh, let me ask it to you now. This big love triangle that we eventually get to of Clark, Lex, and Lana, right? We have a few years on the show where they, they can't play that right because lex Thank is goodness. too old <laughs> yeah right you know yeah. lex is i guess what lex is what early to mid 20s when the show starts is that your sense i believe and i don't know what the exact math on this because smallville is very inconsistent with this stuff right um <laughs> i believe he's like 21 22 in season one okay so he's about five or six years older than everybody or seven years older than everybody Right, because they're all freshmen in high school. So, like in theory, they're like 14, 15, I guess. Yeah, my head can. I'm like, well, they're they're fifteen, uh, <laughs> but you know how that is, right? But so, you know, and thankfully they didn't, you know, launch into anything with Lex and Lana until you know she got older. But you know, the the creators of the show, right, Alan Miles, have always said they had this triangle in mind. And I guess my less less of a wish, but more of a question for you is like. Do you think they would have been better served by just having the characters be closer in age? Maybe not even the exact same age, but closer in age, like especially if this was where they were. Or do you think it worked, the fact that like this this like relationship came into play later? Well, I do have Lex Lana on my list. Um, I I'm, was pretty sure it was going to come up, so I didn't really elaborate. I just wanted to see where it would go. And I, it's tough. I don't like the idea of it. Um, now, all the scenes that Mike Rosenbaum and Kristen Kirk have together are actually really great. It gives Lana some of the best stuff she's had to do in several years on the show, I think. All her agency with Lex and all that stuff. So I don't I don't fault with that. Um, just how they got there was very convoluted and 
Like I, I and just knowing that, like I've read the same quotes you have. Like, oh yeah, we we're always going to get there. I'm like, what? Why? <laughs> like, don't make it about. You don't need to do that. Like, like this love triangle. Like, do other things with that. Like, I don't Lex and Clark and Lana don't need to be in a love triangle for them to n- have a falling out as friends. They should have like an ideological falling out more so than like you stole my girl and I hate you or I've always liked your girlfriend and now she's mine. Like what? Like it's such a, I mean, obviously that those are valid motivations. People do that stuff all the time. Right. But it's just like I, for this, this epic, you know, I don't know. Helen of Troy, right. This they even talk about in the second episode. So I guess that's a, I guess there's a mythological precedent for it, but no, I was not a fan. It always felt really weird, especially in season four. Yeah. Right. Cause they were like, they were slowly hinting at it. Like, like Lex gets Jason fired from the school because he's jealous. I get that's the implication. Like the end of that episode, I don't know what episode it was. Oh, I guess, well, I guess it was transference, right? Cause that's when, yeah, that's a great episode, but <laughs> I don't know if you know, <laughs> that this. Zach, is- Zach, I don't know if you know this. It's Tom Welling's favorite episode. He only mentions <laughs> it in literally every interview he does. I don't know if you've heard. I give him credit for like knowing the names of the shows though. Yeah. Um, he used to say the pilot all the time. Yes. So whatever episode he has watched <laughs> the most recently is his favorite episode. That is a fantastic episode. That's his best performance on the show, by the way, as John Glover, as Clark Kent. Yeah. I mean, that's so good. It is a great, look, um, it is a great one, no doubt. But yeah, it's at the end of that. And I, I, I it's like, Clark's like, why would you do that? And then it's just Lex like looking at him and they just executive producer. So, and so I'm like, what? What are you guys trying to say? And then, yeah, and it's an Onyx too. He he splits in the two, mm-hmm. and he's coming on a lot and all that. Now she is eighteen apparently, because her and Jason are dating. That's its own. See, that's just very problematic. All that stuff. But I guess where I'm going with that is it felt wrong in season four, especially because she was still in high school. It's it felt wrong. It, like it just felt wrong. It just felt wrong. And sometimes that's like good. But I get that. Did I don't know. I was not a fan of it. I didn't like the whole. We had a whole season six thing about like the pregnancy and the wedding and all that stuff and but here's another spin like the swing take a big swing as you say lex and lana get together they stay together they are like this power couple or whatever um and then the reason that lex doesn't act on knowing clark's secret as superman is because lana is there and he has to kind of navigate that as well that's another way they could have played it so that would have been very interesting. Yeah, I would have taken that. Well, because it's like, well, instead, what did we get? We got the the Clark and Lana finally together in season seven and just yeah. a different, like, you know. It's a, it's a re- season seven is just a reset to what they already had in season five. And it's like, what? Well, uh, you can't you can't go back from that. Like if she marries Lex Luthor, you can't go back from that. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, for sure. So they, they handled that. There's some version of that that works, but I don't think I think they fumbled that. So yeah, I'm with you. You know what's and funny? They don't really have any real closure either, Lex and Lana. I mean, I, I guess he turns her into kryptonite. Right? I guess that's their closure. But Rosenbaum, I was thinking about this because I'm in season seven now, right? And so I'm like, what is what is Michael Rosenbaum's and Kristen Kirk's last scene together? It's <laughs> just some random. It might be when she tries to kill him in Wrath. Honestly, um, I'm trying to remember now, but I don't think. Because she's gone for all those after the Rider Strike episodes, right? Right. Yep. And then and then she's on a TV screen. Just that little video. And then he's not in season eight, so it's got. I probably I probably already talked about it, and I didn't even realize it. <laughs> it was the last scene between Michael Rosenbaum and Kristen Couric. Um That's the thing, and that's that's my whole point about that. They they elevate these certain things to this importance, 
but they demand resolution or at least some sort of conclusion. Um, but just due to the nature of the show, they just never got a chance to. So yeah, Lexana, I was, I don't know anyone who was a fan of that. No. Like, like as in like them as a couple, like we suppose we're not supposed to be right. Not, well, I mean, that's the thing, right? Like with the internet, it's like that, you know, there's fans of every possible combination. So it's like, I'm sure there are those out there who, who like it, but uh, no, it, it felt wrong, I think is, is probably uh, what, what I would subscribe to as well. Uh, I, you know, the beginning of the promise episode where they're playing the snow patrol song, you could be happy. I like, you know, I, I like that, but uh, yeah, no, it was, that was, uh, that was, that was pretty rough. The only time I like it is Lexmas. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's a great one. He's happy. And it's like this alternate reality, wishful fantasy life of Lex. You're like, okay. And, but, and you don't know how they got there or anything. You just know that that's, that works fine. Leave it there. But to me, like re- rewatching the show, and I'm growing all these tangents now, right? Sorry. But like <laughs> rewatching the show that to me, Lexmas kind of like cemented like, Oh, now I see why Lex pushed so hard for this because that was like the best day of his life was that alternate reality where he was with Lana and everything was happy. You could be happy. Snow Patrol. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and that's why he pushes so hard to, to, to get that again, right? Um, so that's a motivation that, that I kind of found on a rewatch that I was like, okay. But I still don't think they should have gotten Lex. <laughs> because in the com- even Lois and Clark comic books, like there's a Lex Lois Superman love triangle and that's because like Lex is an egomaniac Lois is like the most amazing woman on the earth, especially when she starts getting Superman's attention. He he wants to insert himself into that situation. And that works with his mindset. Um, but I just, when it comes to Lex being jealous of Clark, have him be jealous of the family aspect, the community aspect, the, the true love in his life, not like literally his girlfriend. And I think that really just cheapens it. I don't know. So that, that very, spent a lot of time on that, but those are a lot of scattershot thoughts on Lexana. So... No, it's true. I mean, it's like if you want to talk about why these two are at odds, specifically in the Smallville universe, it's like there's there's enough there already. And, you know, it can be that you didn't trust me. It can be ideological about, uh, you know, the, the nature of your power and, you know, that uh, no one should have the power that you have. You know, whatever the case may be. I am the hero of the story, going back to the caves and the prophecies and all that stuff. Or if there is that jealousy, yeah, to your point, it's like make it that family unit. Um, You know, there's that's a very rich area to mine. It's like the Lana stuff, you know, it almost felt just like perfunctory at that point. It's like, oh, another thing, you know, between them. So, uh, yeah, no, I, uh, I, I don't, I don't disagree with that. It's so funny to me. We spent the beginning part railing on the, uh, against the season eight finale. We haven't even, we haven't gotten to it yet. So I'll go there next with the season eight finale. And, I guess there are, at least in my mind, two main things, and you might have more, but, you know, one was certainly that the the Clark Doomsday battle was was a major letdown, you know, and it's the sort of thing, if it had happened in episode eight or ten, okay, I, I take, I'll take what we got, but you build up a 22-episode season to that, and we get a couple of punches, and then Clark <laughs> just tackling him and flying him into the power plant, major letdown, but... And then I'll toss this to you and anything you want to expand on that, please feel free. But the Henry James Olsen of it all, it broke my heart. You know, we so Jimmy Olsen, or the character we thought was Jimmy Olsen, played by Aaron Ashmore, introduced in season six, becomes a you know, regular cast member. And in the season eight finale, he discovers that Clark is, in fact, the red-blue blur. 
And I love that scene so much. I rewatched it before we, uh, to get myself amped up, I rewatched a couple of scenes from the season eight finale. I'm like, all right, now I'm ready to go. <laughs> but, you know, we have this great scene between quote unquote Jimmy and Clark in the finale. He discovers Clark's secret. Clark is like, you were the only one, because Jimmy had suspected earlier in the season, and Clark's like, you were the only one, and I'm sorry I lied to you. And Jimmy's like, this is so cool. And Clark speeds off. And it and I just remember at the time thinking, this is great. Like what a what an awesome dynamic for the new season. Because and this I guess maybe ties into a larger like wish, not even a wish, but just like a larger take on the show. Every relationship, every dynamic, I think, got better when the character learned Clark's secret. You know, for as much as the show was all about Clark trying to keep his secret. You know, when Pete found out, when Chloe found, like every time a character found out, it just opened up so much for them to play. And I always enjoyed that. And so the fact that it's like going into season nine is like his pal, Jimmy, now is in on it. Like, this will be great. And he's instantly killed in a battle with Davis Bloom, the human side of Doomsday. And we find out at the funeral that it was actually Henry James Olsen. And what bothers me about that i mean i feel like it's a very cheap bait and switch for the audience and the actor i always felt bad for aaron ashmore and he's talked about it in interviews where it's like yeah this guy thought he was playing jimmy olsen for three seasons and it turned out he wasn't so did the dvd extra features <laughs> by the way <laughs> throwing that out there and and so it was frustrating in that respect but you know what it's i i and i felt this at the time and i feel it now it's like you know what if you want to kill off jimmy olsen have the balls to do it Kill off, like if you want to deviate from the mythology, and you want to kill off Jimmy. It's like, all right, fine, but don't kill him off and then pretend it wasn't him all along. I it it bothered me to no end. That's my I rant. Have so many thoughts. Yeah, go for I it. Have so many thoughts. <laughs> so first of all, yes, my two specific entries about this are Doomsday Fight and Henry James Olsen here on my list. So let's 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 go over these together. So Doomsday Fight, the whole season was leading towards. Like even Oliver's like, you know, that island was my crucible, Clark. Maybe, maybe you haven't seen yours yet. I'm like, okay. Like I was like mentally, I'm like, how can he fight Doomsday before he's Superman? Oh, Doomsday is going to be the, like the trigger that makes him become Superman. Okay. Fuck. Sure. I'll go with you on that. Even the, even the idea of the like werewolf Doomsday, I was like, okay, you won me over in the first half of season eight. I don't think Davis should ever have turned back into Davis after Bride. I think that, that was like a, a Rubicon, right? You can't go back from that. Um, and Bride is a fantastic episode. If, if a season eight was half a season, it would be one of Smallville's all-time great seasons. But unfortunately, <laughs> there's like 10 more episodes. Um, Legion was great, you know, so that's kind of this, that middle ground. But anyway, how dare you, Smallville, give us like <laughs> two, I think, what, two or three punches that Doomsday hits Clark, and that's it. It's not even a fight. It's fine. He's not Superman yet. Doomsday can kick his ass. But have some kind of fight. Like, uh, it's a guy in a suit, so it's not even CGI, right? Just have some, like, grappling or some b- Terminator style b- into a building. Like, there's so many better fights on Smallville. Like, even the I go to the one from uh, Combat, right? Not a great episode, but Clark fighting Titan is a fantastic fight. Um, thank God. Maybe this is why I love Season 9 so much. Salvation is my favorite episode of the show. So. The entire series. Know that, that's where I'm coming yeah. from. Like, I'm a, I'm a contradiction. Because, like, seasons one through, like, three, like, I like the early Smallville. What's your favorite episode? Oh, Salvation. Like, what are you talking about? We're all contradictions in our own ways, fans. But um, that rooftop scene in the rain is is one of my absolute favorites. 
My absolute and favorites. And it makes up for this fight. Like, thank God. It's like they identified, they knew, like, I'm like, okay, you saw people were so mad about this fight in season eight. You made sure to deliver in season nine. And that was, I was so thankful for that, uh, you know. Um, but it's so weak. Like, Doomsday, like, he did more damage in Bride than he did in uh, Doomsday almost, right? You even have, you even have the Justice League guy, uh, just a uh, Legion guy, uh, Lightning Lad, not uh, Cosmic Boy, Cosmic Lad, whatever their names are. Nothing on this earth will stop him from killing you. Like you're hyping it up so much. And then their loophole is like he tells Chloe Clarkin is dead and he walks off and he fills the dreams out. Like, what is that? <laughs> that's why I didn't watch the show for half a season, because that nonsense. Do you remember I mean, do you remember all the speculation like on the message boards after that? The with the with the with the fadeaway of like what that meant? <laughs> it was yeah, well, so it would, weird. But you you try to apply like common sense to what you saw and you can't. So it was just, oh, <laughs> uh, it was just, it was unacceptable Smallville. Like after Arctic was like, I thought Arctic was kind of a mediocre finale. And then that I was like, man, we're in, but thank God for season nine showing up and saving the day after that. But that was just, and I was, did you expect him to ever bring Doomsday back? Or did you think that was it for him? I thought that was it. I felt like once Clark, you know, threw him into the power plant and it exploded. My my takeaway was okay. He's buried underneath that, and then if we're then using the, the Superman, Superman happens, yeah. right? Like in the future, he'll he'll uh, he'll bust, know, out. bust out of there. I, you know, that was kind of what, what my take was. But I agree with you. The the what they set up at the beginning of the season that Doomsday would be the final test before becoming Superman. I had the same thought you did. I'm like, okay, like that's again, a major deviation, but so much of the show was him experiencing things way earlier than we typically see in the mythology. And I thought that again, especially with, you know, his primary antagonist being gone from the show, it's like, okay, you give him this physical battle, this gauntlet that he has to go through. And then he'll be like, I was like, all right, I could go get on board with that. I remember there's a commentary track for one of the season eight episodes I forget which episode, but Jeff, oh, it's Legion. And Jeff Johns is talking with one of the producers on the commentary track. I remember on the commentary, I guess they recorded it before the season finale aired. I remember he was like, oh, is there going to be a big battle with Doomsday in the finale? And the producer was like, as big as we can make it. It's like, wow. (laughs) On the back lot, that street that we see every episode. I, epic fail. Just so sad. Um, but then <laughs> Henry James Olsen, not, you know, it's, and I don't even know what they were trying to say with that. They're like, okay, so, so Clark separates Doomsday from Davis Bloom. He's like, okay, good. Davis is going to be good. And Doomsday is bad, but no human nature is also evil. So, so Davis Bloom just literally kills Jimmy Olsen by shoving a pipe through him because he's jealous about Chloe and Jimmy. That's a normal that The whole love triangle was awful. Like Jimmy and, Davis and Chloe and see both of those things to me, we talked about doomsday getting put in the bottom of the earth because of the comics. It's like, Oh, well, Jimmy was too old. So we had to kill him because the comics, like it's the same thing we were talking about at the beginning of the conversation with like bumbling Clark and Lex, not knowing Clark's secret. It's like, but why? Like, this is your own for it's, this is your own version. Like there are no movies right now, by the way. Right. So there's not going to be Superman returns too. Man of Steel's in the future. You were the only Superman thing. So even with WV's strange mindset about like you have to, but that's why we got crystals in the fortress in season five because Superman Returns came out and you know that's its own conversation. But 
why change things like Jimmy? Ol- you brought Jimmy Olsen on as a main character for three years. And honestly, I wasn't that big of a fan of him because just the way they used him, he was always like the butt. And he's a, he's a comic relief character, Jimmy Olsen for the most part. He is, but like they were, he was just the butt of so many jokes. And like, because people would just were lying to him all the time. Like I felt bad for him. Like Chloe, everybody's like, could you leave? The adults need to talk. That's how I felt all the time with him around. Right. And Chloe was an awful girlfriend to him too. So anyway, to your point, when he finds out the secret, I'm like, wow, great. This is so cool. Like, like he's going to, he's Superman's pal. He's Jimmy Olsen. He knows the secret. This is a whole nother world of possibilities for this character moving forward for the rest of the show. I'm excited. And then 10 minutes later, he's dead. And his bro- Chloe has to give his brother a camera because are you paying attention audience? Like eye roll inducing. And like, and just, just that is just insulting to say like, oh no, he was Henry James Olsen. Are you kidding me? So that that's a that's a one two punch the show almost did not recover for in my fandom, let me tell you. So for me too. That was and you know, to your point, I think, you know, season nine was really strong. And I, I think I, I get I was so mad after that season eight finale that had it not been for season nine, I mean look, would I have continued watching the show? Yeah, I mean I'd invested eight years at that point, but season nine turned a lot around for me. But and also, not to be nitpicky, but like with the little brother. So it's like, oh, you must be Jimmy's little brother, Jimmy. It's like, what, what, what is this? Uh, and, and again, so much about this. I agree with everything you said. And so first of all, it's like, I don't know, what, again, why they felt they needed to line up with the mythology where Jimmy's younger. But also it's like, well, if you felt like you needed to do that. Why did you introduce a Jimmy who was a contemporary? You should have just made, I mean, I guess so that he could be Chloe's love interest, but it's like, well, you should have introduced a younger Jimmy then if you felt that strongly about it. Uh, well, hey, to your point, if there was no Chloe, if they like, yeah. wouldn't have had to do that. I'm telling you, Chloe, Remo- this is you crazy. This, you've completely changed my mindset. And then it's like, now Chloe is the problem of Smallville, actually. <laughs> so if you just remove Chloe, so many things fall into place. I'm just going to say, just as a very quick tangent, and I'm not going to put you on the spot and ask you this, but you know, when I rewatched uh, the Persona episode for your podcast, again, it was the first time I had rewatched in a while. And, you know, in light of all of the Allison Mack news, I didn't know how it was going to be watching the show, knowing what she's done in real life. And I'd be lying if I said it didn't cross my mind while watching, but I think enough time has passed where I can look at that and separate. And I was grateful for that because it's like, again, like like you said, with the exception of, you know, a bunch of season 10 episodes just in the entire series. So, you know, that would be real tough to not be able to, you know, get past at all. Uh, so I was I was relieved, I guess, that I, I, it wasn't like, oh, my God, I can't watch this because I, I just felt like a, there was enough space in between. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll say this on that. Uh, I, this always comes up whenever I <laughs> talk to anybody right about this, but to your point, enough time had passed. And it was, it was also, obviously she wasn't doing the thing she was doing with Nexium as small, of it was going on. Right. I think that's a big plus knowing that like she wasn't doing this in between episodes, right. It was all after the show. Um, and then, you know, separating the art from the artist, you have to do that so many, so much these days. Right. And with anything really sports entertainment. Right. I mean, it's, um, it's unfortunate. Right. But it's, it will not kill my love for the show. Right. It's only, yes. It is, it is what it is at this point, right? So, yes, and I, it is, and again, I'll, I'll say one more thing, I guess, to, <laughs> it's on this low. It is very, even, even more so, like, her actions have obviously removed her from, you know, 
everyday life, right? You know, she's not, um, she's, she's off the radar as far as conventions and podcasts and all these things. Right. Um, and literally all, almost all the other cast members are still very active and I've met a lot of them and gotten pictures with them and all these things. Right. Um, and she is just, it's like, it's like, she's like this mosquito in Amber of the past, right? It's like, she will always be Chloe Sullivan from then for better or for worse, because she's not going to be around for those things. I, I presume ever. Um, so it's a very, especially for a huge Chloe fan like myself, it's a very mixed bag of emotions. Uh, no, no, I mean, what she did was wrong and she should be punished for it. Let's be on the record for that. Right. But I'm just saying as someone who had been a fan of her work for my entire you know, adult life and teenage life. It's rough, man. So yeah, no. there you go. There's my thoughts on the Chloe Sullivan, Allison Mack next team situation. No, I totally get that. Uh, so we you know what we were talking about Henry James Olsen. that, that leads to one of the other items on my list. I wish there had been more male friends for Clark. And, you know, again, initially, right. He's, he's best friends with Lex. Although that's a, you know, that's a different type of dynamic. I think, yeah. you know, with Pete Ross, that's, that's more along the lines of what I'm speaking about. But again, he, you know, never, I guess, got enough traction for, for any number of reasons. I, I guess that's uh, its own conversation. I do think yeah. the Chloe aspect was, was a big part of it. You know, when Clark revealed his secret to him, that, you know, opened up some more for Pete to do, but not that much more, you know, ultimately. And then he leaves. It was almost all downhill for Pete from there. Yeah. Right. It was like duplicity is like his best episode. And then it's like, what do you do? Like, yeah. Fast and Furious, Stride Gum. These are the things you think about when you think of Pete Ross. And it's like, they just didn't know how to write for him. And they just wrote him off the show. Yeah. Um, which was, I think was always a shame. And, and, and so when they brought in Jimmy Olsen and they made the, him a contemporary with the other characters, I felt like that was a missed opportunity to not have them be friends, yeah. especially since we're at a point in the show where Clark and Lex are not buddies anymore. Uh, and, and again, like the end of season eight set up a potentially really great new dynamic for Clark and Jimmy. So, you know, that's one of the things on my list. I wish that, you know, whether it was a, a more developed role for Pete or a reconfigured role for Jimmy or a, another cat. What, however they would have done it. It would have been cool to, I mean, I guess with, and that's the thing, even with Oliver, they were allies, but it wasn't the same thing as them being buddies. Yeah. Cause it's like, it's like, we're both heroes and like, I don't like your methods, but we're friends. And it's, it was not the same as just a, get more normal, normal quote unquote characters. Right. Sometimes like don't make Lana a kryptonite infused superhero or you know whatever like or, or just make her someone who lives in smallville right just jimmy looks normal people <laughs> we need those people in our lives like to, as perspectives right for for these characters and um yeah whenever whenever when everyone's super no one will be right to quote the incredibles um well, <laughs> to, and, to a lesser extent you know what i mean and not not a huge tangent but that's what i think separates well, one of the things that separates Superman and Lois from the rest of the Arrowverse, where you feel like this is a town that Lois and Clark live in and there are people there, you know, as opposed to the rest of the Arrowverse where everyone's on the team or they're the villain. Uh, so, yeah. you know, so I, I think, you know, again, having whether it was Jimmy or Peter, another character, I, that would have that would have done a lot for me. So, I, yeah. And I, um, I get Chloe's the problem. Just remove Chloe. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're really onto something here. <laughs> and you completely changed my worldview about Smallville. Hope, <laughs> hope you know. Um, you might have no, to do that, another that, round of episodes. You know, I think you have to rewatch the show again, but this time with this new Smallville without yeah. Chloe and see what you come up with. Yes. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, I just, um, and then, Hey, they bring it back. They bring back Aaron Ashmore to play the grown up brother in the finale. Okay. 
sure. And, and you know, I, I remember reading they said, oh, yeah, we always knew we had to do this because he was too old. And I remember reading, I don't know, do you remember reading that quote somewhere? Yes. That blew my mind as well. It's like, you, you what? Because this seemed like a complete last minute, like, hey, we're making a movie. You have to kill this character now, which happens on Arrow all the time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. It's like, let's kill Amanda Waller and you can't use Deathstroke anymore and all these things, right? So I don't know. That's so strange to me that they do this. And I, yeah, what, who, who, what are they going to bring in a 12-year-old kid? If they got to do this, just don't bring in Jimmy Olsen. Until maybe season eight, right? Here's a hot take. This is something, this is not even on my list, but I'm going to bring this up. Another radical idea. (laughs) Brought up the Clovis thing, but now you've completely taken me off that train. (laughs) Um, What if Clark didn't meet Lois until season eight? What if Lois wasn't even a character, right, until season eight? I would be okay with that. I mean, you know, it's it's funny you say that, but I kind of could be on board. I, it wasn't really until season eight that I like really started liking the character a lot. You know, prior to that, she was, it was fine. I mean, I wasn't opposed to Lois, but, and you know, I I guess I liked her initial arc, you know, well into the first four episodes of season four, you know, bringing her back for, you know, the, the, you know, successive episodes in season four and the next couple of seasons. Yeah. I, I don't know how much value she necessarily added again until we got to season eight so yeah i would be on board with that i would keep that four episode arc from season four maybe but then i I would be okay if like she didn't come back until then well then it becomes something well we got to secure this actress for five years from now and it's like i so i I understand the the mechanics of right the the weekly television show and broadcast tv but uh and then of course they never thought they were gonna go eight seasons so it's not like we're gonna save lois from there i don't know like do you do you like the lois is on the show at all like 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 if like now we're just playing hypotheticals and not even talking about our list, but like if the show was going to run five years, like no matter what the five year plan, right? Would you have introduced Lois Lane for the young Superman show growing up in Smallville? Probably not. Yeah. Probably not. Cause that's like the future. Like now you argue, Oh, well Lex is also the future, but no, Lex kind of is. There's a silver age president for him being his friend and Superboy. So I don't know. You can play this what well, for a show that runs ten years with all these characters and all these other versions that you could apply to. It's just you, this is where your mind goes. So anyway, yeah. Um, What's next? So, on? Wait, oh, okay. So is it my turn? We have so many tangents with That's that fun. because <laughs> season eight ending. Uh, where are we now? It's your turn. My turn. I don't it's, know. Well, I will say one more quick thing, and then I'm. I, it, sure. Then it's your turn with the with the with the date with the death of Clark Kent sort of thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it bugged me at the time. I, you know, maybe I've softened my stance on it slightly since then. I mean, this whole idea because I did rewatch the scene where uh, you know Clark and Jimmy's final scene, right? And and you know Clark instructs Jimmy to take Chloe to the watchtower, right? The wedding gift he never gave her, and he tells Jimmy, he's like, "You have to trust Davis." And then, of course, the and that the you know Davis killing Jim, like the human side of Doomsday. Once once they're separated via Black Kryptonite, the fact that the human Davis was the one who had the the darkness in his heart, right? I think Sam Witwer has a lot to say about that, yeah. understandably. Uh, and I think that's a problem in its in its own respect. But in, in terms of like what Clark's takeaway is that like I basically sent Jimmy to his death. Like I told him to trust this guy because I trusted the humanity within Doomsday, and I was wrong. And now I, so that piece of it, it's like, okay, I can buy that. But then that his takeaway is I have to give up my human side so that I can just protect humanity as this trench coat clad vigilante. It's like, I don't know that that really tracks, but all right. (laughs) 
it's also the whole like, oh, I experienced tragedy, so now I'm gonna leave everyone I love and quit what I'm doing for a while. Like I hate that trope. Yeah. Um and they, they go to it a lot of times in just superhero stories in general. Um yeah, that doesn't track, does it? <laughs> yeah, I don't it's like it tracks to a point, but then I don't know <laughs> I, I don't know that his ultimate, you know, path at that point really really does. But anyway, what what's next on your list? So going back to season four, um, no playing football. Oh. This is an issue I had with season four um, because they had already established this in season one. Thought did a good job. You know, it was an early episode, not the greatest episode, hothead. But I feel like they they covered this ground. He tried it for the football team. He tried to be cool and normal. It's not his thing. You know what, kids? There are other things out there than football, right? And it's like, and you know, I love football. I didn't play football. I, I, I was a marching band, so maybe that's why I was like, Identify with Clark not playing football. Maybe, maybe that's why. I, maybe that's what the real problem was. Um, but like they 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 talk about so well. Like, hey man, like, well, even Superman the movie, right? You're here for a reason. It's not to score touchdowns, right? Jonathan tells him in Smallville, you're here for a lot more important things than winning football games. Cool, great. But then season four comes along, and Clark, who has expressed no interest in playing football since the beginning of season one, is like, I want to be cool. I'm gonna play football, Dad, and just just to add conflict. And it's like. I don't know. I, I would never. I'm not as against it now as I was at the time. I think rewatching it, I was like, okay, fine. And there is a precedent for it in the comics, right? But I just don't think Clark should be playing sports because he's, you know, he, it's really unfair <laughs> advantage. And he's like, oh, I won't use my powers. It doesn't work that way. So <laughs> I was not a fan of him playing football, especially again since they already covered why he shouldn't earlier in the show. I think that's fair, you know, and again, it's interesting with the comics, right? Because in, in the modern post-crisis comics, yes, he, he is this football star and Clark is, you know, much more generally in Smallville and Metropolis, he's more competent and accomplished, right? That is a departure from, from pre-crisis. So I didn't object to it so much, although I agree with you, this whole idea of like, well, I won't use my powers. It's like, uh, yeah, all right. (laughs) uh, I guess it's funny in retrospect, I kind of like it because you know seasons two and three in particular were like you know heavier and three in particular you know was was dark and then we're heading into dark territory so i kind of like the idea of like the lighter season four and i felt like the football played into it plus you know we got the great recruit episode where he goes to met you for the you know to to be recruited and we get chris carmack from the oc and we get the simple plan song at the end where he's looking at the football field why did this happen to me Uh, (laughs) you know and i get you know and that's the funny thing because it's like i think back to watching that in high school and it's like i loved it you know i don't know if i went back to it now like you have for your podcast it's like yeah i don't know maybe i would feel (laughs) feel the same the the boulevard of broken dreams song right from (laughs) jinx and he's in the locker room like man this is my jam man like it's it's some moody angsty teenager you're like this is my life man you know (laughs) like get some perspective kid but it's just the songs man i mean you know it's that was so much of that in the show but yeah i I follow you it's they did but yeah the football does spill over into season five too right for the uh or or does it no i guess it doesn't because he quits because you know you're right that this yeah that's season recruited season four yeah (laughs) that's that's not even season that's that's done and done um yeah okay okay yeah uh, Superman Alosi plays baseball or doesn't play baseball. He doesn't play baseball. Yeah. yeah. That was a sport he wanted so, to play, but he, yeah. Yeah. There you go. Superman Alosi doing it right. I know. You know, it's funny. This is, maybe I should say this off mic, but I, I love Superman and Lois so much 
and there, you know, I, and I just did an episode on it last week. And, you know, as I'm watching, and look, as of this recording, I've watched 15 episodes of Superman and Lois versus over 200 of, of Smallville. So it's not really fair, but I'm watching it. It's like, you know, Smallville is first in my heart. I watched Superman and Lois and I'm like, oh, it's so good. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll, I won't make any yeah. final determinations as to which is better until both series have concluded. But I don't know. Superman and Lois I'll, has a I'll lot of potential. This. I'll say this. Uh, the Superman flashback origin episode, right, with him and Lois and all that, like, it's fantastic. That might be my favorite version of him coming to Metropolis, meeting Lois, their relationship her reaction to him as Superman and then her relationship with him starting as Clark. Like that is, is so well done. That is better than has any business being. <laughs> I was shocked. That was like, this, this is crazy. Like I, I, so, so you're right. A small sample size. So we'll see if they can hold up over 10 seasons. Right. But man, they, they knocked it out of the park. So. Uh, yeah, for sure. Well, speaking of recruit and football and all that stuff, that I had, I had touched on this earlier, but I, one of my wishes is that Clark had not dropped out of college. In fact, all of the characters, with the exception of Chloe, who we find out was like going to school at night off screen, right? Like, yeah, they, they all drop out of school, which I think sends the wrong message, especially since they all end up yes. with these terrific jobs at, at, at like the New York Times equivalent. It's like, well, I don't think that right. really works like that. But, you know, again, we, t- we touched on this at the very beginning. Um, and I know, again, this has come up on, on your show a lot. The, the nebulous, you know, college dropout years or the phantom zone years, whatever you want to call them. I feel it's like a classy way to put it. Yeah, <laughs> you know I, the show, the show generally, and and Clark's development really stalled. I felt in those seasons, and had he been in school, I feel like it would have given the character some direction. It would have given the show a little structure and momentum. And you could, you know, like the little bit of time where he is in college at the beginning of season five, they use that as a vehicle to introduce Milton Fine. James Martin, right. right? So it's like you can do things with him in college. You can introduce Laurie Lamaris or other characters. And it's not like he's got to be, you know, you got to see him in a lecture hall every episode. But it bothered me for a variety of reasons that he just dropped out and stayed dropped out for two and a half seasons until he starts work at the Daily Planet. So that's, I wish at least Clark, the rest of the characters, like could sort of take or leave. But I feel like that would have given that the Phantom Zone years a better identity than, than what they have. No, you make a couple of great points there about just, first of all, like encourage kids to get in school and stay in school and seek higher education, right? I mean, that's that's a good thing, right? <laughs> and also just the part of the, so much drama can be mined from like, oh, I have to be at class, but I have to go save someone. Like they, even the, even the high school years, they wasted that. Like Clark, it was never, there was that redux, the one episode in season two when, when they had the, the new principal was mad at him for being tardy all the time, right? the only time he ever had to like have any kind of conflict where it's like you have this built in like balancing your like everyday responsibilities with trying to be a superhero and saving people like you kind of missed it in high school but you could do it in college have a professor like have have and to your point friends right expanded cast to my point earlier about expanding the universe like college people have phases of the show right not not people just hang around forever but like hey you meet some new people um a kenny braverman right somebody who was from smallville yes um I've heard you talk about him a lot on the, I love on the podcast. Kenny Bra- on your Kenny Braverman guy. Oh so. my god! There's Why so much untapped, so much unpa- untapped potential with Kenny Braverman. It drives me nuts. Anyway, <laughs> how is he not on Smallville? They're making up characters every week. When are we going to Kenny Braverman? Um, 
you could have a good professor or a bad professor. Like you could, you could do so many things, right? Uh, you know, uh, Carter Hall comes in as a, you know, a, a guest speaker one week. Like you could use that to bring in people and not don't have them go to Central Kansas A and M. Right, have him go to Metropolis. Ha- move everyone to Metropolis, but Clark, who can do super speed, can go back to Smallville, and you can still call it Smallville because it's, you know, it's Lois's nickname for Clark. I mean, that's where the show started. Like, there's, it's about the characters from there. Like, you, the excuse of having to keep it in Smallville because that was the name of the show was kind of weak. Like, anyway, um, no, I absolutely agree with you. Like, that would have to, to be building towards something during those years would have made you feel like there was some progress being made. But again, that's they're a victim of their own success because they're like, is this going to be the last season? No. Oh, okay. Is this going to be the last season? No. Okay. Is this going to be? And that continues for the last half of the show. Um, but there's, yeah, there, there's so much they could have done there with, with him in college uh, and then getting a degree, which, which he doesn't even get the job at the daily planet because of Perry white. Like you set that up in Perry, <laughs> Perry gets him unfired in season nine or something, but that's like, no, <laughs> like I understand you don't have Michael McKean every week, but you know, have them on a phone call like they did in the finale or through a door. So there's ways to do it. Um, that, yeah, the whole transition to the professional life of these characters was poorly handled and side note, ridiculous that they were driving three hours back and forth to Metropolis <laughs> living in Smallville. That's insane. So, yeah, I know. Well, that's, I, yeah. I mean, I actually, I think I had that on my list there about, uh, you know, the shrinking Make distance Smallville. between Smallville and Metropolis. <laughs> you know, at the, at the beginning of the show, yeah, it's like hours away. And then like later on, they're, you know, the, they're, they're commuting back and forth. Like it's, like it's clearly not taking them as long as they had previously established. We are coming up on two hours. As you know, my episodes tend to go long. I don't want to monopolize your time though. Do you want to just do like a quick lightning round to finish or do you want to keep going as we have been? I'm good either way. <laughs> Your call. Oh, let's keep going. All That's right. fine. Let's see. I'm, I'm, I blocked out this time. Okay. So. <laughs> I listen, and this, you know, I, I appreciate the offer. If I had something else to be at, I would tap out, but I, I'm good. All right. So I can't tell you how fun this has been. And look, I know you talk Smallville every week, so this might be like, all right, but I, well, no, uh, talking about it like this is a little different though, because usually sure. like these are tangents that I have when I'm going through an episode. This is just we're just going for it here. So all right, cool. All right. I think so. I think that's the thing about the college. So, uh, what what do you have next? So, okay. So, this is actually this will be the last thing on my list, but I do have some alternates. And then, of course, I know your list was longer than mine, so we can you know go through that. But uh, no witches or stones of power. Yep. Um, I did not like how they did the formation of the crystal to the fortress of solitude. Um, needlessly convoluted. Like I, who much like the caves, right? When were these put here? Why is Kryptonite guarding them? Why are there symbols everywhere? What, like, and to your point about Kryptonians being on Earth, like, this is all just convolutes everything. And, and it's, it's a fetch quest because it's like a video game because they got to extend everything. If, if the ship turned on and said, here, here's a disc, go build a fortress, the show would be over in season one. So they have to extend this stuff, right? Um, so I would say, I don't know how you extend that out, but that's another reason season four is, is weak to me because it, it was not very well thought out and did not even make sense at the end. And then killing Jane Seymour releases a meteor shower for some reason. That doesn't make any sense that, that then two of Zod's soldiers come in a spaceship with as well as Brainiac. Somehow those are connected 
those those dots were never connected on this show. And if you sit and you analyze this, you're like I do, trying to make sense of everything. It's kind of frustrating. So I just um, have him find a crystal and and build the fortress. Don't do a whole fetch quest of a season with it. That's basically where I am with it. I'm with you. It's funny too. You know, I've spent a lot of time on the show. You know, going through the various tellings of the origin, and it's always so funny. You know how how each one handles him learning where he's from, because you know you look at. Zack Snyder's Man of Steel, right? And he's on this quest, right? He's like looking, looking for answers until he finally stumbles upon his, his spaceship, right? And he gets some clarity. Superman, the animated series, you know, his parents show him the rocket, the little disc opens up and he gets the message from Jor-El and Lara. He's got everything he needs. Like he's good to go. So, you know, there's such a range here. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, like you said, I think they, they had to fill a season and this is what they came up with, but, Hey, I don't know. Again, every everything, like what we've learned, like everything has its fans, but I can't imagine there are like a ton of fans of the witch arc. That was that was some rough stuff. Though I will say, and I'm sure I'm sure you've listened, the commentary for is it the spell <laughs> spell or oh, bound? Yeah, which spell? Yeah, is gr- like that kind of redeemed the episode for me. I'm like, <laughs> all right, this is pretty good. <laughs> That's true. I mean, the thing like. It, Tying in the stones of power with like the witching and possession, like makes it what maybe if it was just like, here are some things you have to assemble to make, but then to throw that in too, just really sunk it for me. Uh, yes. And in the season of magic, they don't even take advantage of Mr. Mixus Pitalik being magic, like, and involved with this stuff. Like he's, he's in an episode and that's like, that's it. And that's, that's a gosh, that's a, that's a miss as far as, interpreting characters right but uh, all these this is why season four i don't know season four we'll see right season four right now is at the lowest on my rankings um season six and seven though i don't know they, they're getting a run for them we'll see but that's that's its own that's its own conversation but i, I would have changed how he built the fortress that's basically this this is what this bullet point is i so. i got gotcha. you it's it's funny i'd be curious to know where 10 ultimately lands for you because i feel like for myself I loved the premiere. I loved Lazarus. I loved when we got the red leather jacket. I loved Homecoming. The finale had its moments. <laughs> but I feel like that colored a lot of, like there were some real, real highs. And But I feel like that gave me a higher impression of the season than the individual episodes as a whole warranted. Yeah, and it's not how you start, it's how you finish. Right, so that finale. If, if you're like really torn on it, you're like, eh. I think consistently season nine is is much better. Although I think the highs of season ten are extremely high. Like you said, the Lazarus, um, Homecoming. You know, a lot of people think that's the best episode of the show. It's definitely in my top five. Um, the alternate universe stuff is fantastic. Kent and Luther. I mean, bringing back John Glover and John Schneider and Annette O'Toole comes back. Like you bring back so many of these characters and, and faces michael rosenbaum of course in the finale that the people you've missed for years um booster is fantastic yes yeah um so yeah i mean it's it's like a kind of a zigzag in season 10 so i'm looking forward to it. and then you have episodes like isis so okay actually we'll get there that's a perfect segue and i'm gonna while while i do have a longer list i there's there are a few that either i can skip or i'll do like a lightning round sort of thing but okay one sure. of the things on my list uh Isis and then Harvest was the one right after that, right? Like the Children of the Corn. Oh, one. I don't mind that one because of Baby Clone Lex, but okay. a lot of people don't like Harvest. All right, fair <laughs> enough. What bothered me, I, I don't I don't care for 
the majority of, of either of those episodes. But I love, you know, uh, Isis ends, of course, with Clark revealing to Lois that he is the blur, which she knows, but he reveals this. It's a sweet scene. It, it was, you know, a key moment for them. And then the next episode ends with them consummating their relationship. So that's another big step. Uh, but what really bothered me a lot was that he tells her he's the blur at the end of Isis. And then at the beginning of Harvest, they're in the car and they've clearly had a lengthy conversation about his Kryptonian origin. Because we begin the episode where she's like asking him about different things and she's like, was that Kryptonian? He's like, yeah. It, it's like <laughs> we got these two, in my opinion, lame episodes. I would have taken a whole episode where you just had a conversation about everything that's gone on over the years. It's like you save this pivotal, <laughs> like this key conversation between them. It happens in between episodes. It's like you couldn't have like redirected some real estate for that. That bothered me. <laughs> yeah, the um, I always want more of those kinds of conversations too. Like it's like like with Lana, Chloe, whoever, right? When they find out a secret, be like, hey, so this the the tornado that was you with the truck, right? Or you know, it's like I, those are the conversations you want to hear. And I do remember that. I think it's she asked about the spaceship that they found. He's like, no, that was my cousin's. Right. Yes. <laughs> That's good stuff. So, yeah, more of that. Yeah. All right. I'll do. I'll do a few real, real quick. Uh, let's see. Sure. Because we've. I think we've got through. We actually got through. Well, you know, most. Oh, let me say. Let me say one. The one I had one like a couple of. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Please. Open hasn't come up. Yeah. Um, characters. I mean, you mentioned. You know, I mentioned Kenny Braverman. I know you're a big fan of him, but Monel, such an obvious character to bring onto Smallville. I was shocked that they never brought him on. Um. I mean, there was a lot of speculation way back in Visitor. Remember that season two episode where the, the, the kid Cyrus and oh, yeah. Clark thinks he's Kryptonian. People are like, oh, is he going to be mon No. No, that was a complete bait and switch. But you're looking for characters to bring in. That's a very obvious character, I think, to bring in. Uh, you, you you know, just he's he's um, a Daxamite. That's right. So look at that. Look at that pull. Um, <laughs> I think only because of Supergirl <laughs> do I remember that off the top of my head. But I did. I, I was not a big fan of mon and Supergirl. I'm just saying. But um I think he would have fit in perfectly with like the the production limitations, if you will, of, of Smallville. The you know part of Monel's story is he <laughs> crash lands in Smallville. Like it's like if you're looking for stories, and clearly they had were able to bring on other Kryptonians by this point. But between all of the Zod and all his people, and then Kara and then Zorel and Jorel himself, and all you know all these people showing up, Lara could have used him, and that would have made a lot more sense than a lot of the things they did. So. I'm on board with that. Actually, one of the things on my list that uh, is a perfect compliment to that, John Henry Irons, a.k.a. Steele. And, and, you know, he could have he could have served a number of different functions, but, you know, he could have potentially been a friend, like I wanted more friends for Clark. Uh, but you could just see him, like, fitting in as, like, a scientist at, you know, working for Lex, but then he, you know, uh, breaks off because he knows, you know, what Lex is doing isn't right, whatever. Uh, you know, and they brought in Connor Kent, you know, talking about the... Uh, you know, like the reign of the Superman yeah. characters, right? John Henry Irons, like that's a character that would have been would have been cool to see. Well, yeah, and also, frankly, seeing more people of color on Smallville, that would have been fantastic. Like, because once Pete's gone, you yeah. have Martian Manhunter, and uh, basically no one of of importance, really, unfortunately. So I, I think that would have been great, great, and like you said, perfect fit, right? I mean, he's a scientist; he has a mech suit or something at some point. And then he flies off and there you go. So I, that's another character. That's a great call that like totally could have fit. Uh, like they could have pulled it off fine. 
You know, he doesn't need to be steel with the cape and the S on his chest. He can just have a robotic suit and, or, or a proto-robotics, a Mark I, if you will, for Iron Man. Um, have him help Clark out and join up with Oliver, and then he's out there doing missions or, or whatever. But bringing him in through Lex's world is, is uh, you know, the animated series did that, I believe. Yep. Um, absolutely. More John Henry Iron. So, which Superman Lois is giving us. So, thumbs up for that. Yeah, they really nailed that. So, uh, you know, that's, you know, that's definitely one of the ones on, on my list. Uh, let's see. Again, I'll try to do a couple uh, real quick. You know, it, you know, after Jonathan dies and the scene where Jonathan dies, uh, you know, he, there are no words exchanged. He just has these, you know, meaningful looks to Martha and to Clark before he passes. And it, it is impactful. But then a few episodes later, you know, we get Lois, uh, or Lana, uh, who's flatlining and, and, you know, uh, Clark of course gets, gets mixed up in that and, and visits the afterlife. And he has this conversation with Jonathan and, there were two things that bothered me about that. I know I'm getting very specific now with one episode, but I, you know, Jonathan has this whole speech to Clark in the afterlife about how, uh, you know, you're going to be a hero to the whole world. You got to protect your mother. You got to keep the whole world safe. You're going to be a symbol. And you could argue, well, okay, Jonathan has achieved this clarity now that he's on the other side and he sees a bigger picture. But I wish that those words had come before he died, either in Clark's arms before he passed or at some other point or in a memory or something like that. There was just something about, maybe because I didn't like that episode overall, it just felt kind of cheap that we got this, such a poignant scene with Jonathan in an otherwise weird episode. And also he says to Clark in this moment that um, Lionel knows his secret, right? And here's the thing. If you're going to do spirits, afterlife, I prefer you keep it ambiguous. Maybe it's in Clark's head. Maybe he's literally in a spiritual plane. But when you have a character, <laughs> like, really important plot information, important yeah. plot points, it's like, well, okay, this is actually happening. And I, that's not my preference. So that's, uh, I, I wish that had been handled differently. Yeah, I, I, that's a fantastic scene with them in Void. Uh, it's a ridiculous concept. Obviously, uh, ripping off flatliners, as you, as you mentioned. <laughs> um, there's some good stuff with Lex and his mom in there, too. But I see I see what you mean, though. But I do. I, there was something about Reckoning where, like, they didn't have those final words. I know. There's something because that's there's something more, you know, tragic. But he had that he had that eye contact. Right. And saying like it said more, not saying anything almost. But um, yeah. And there's other ways Clark could have found out. Lionel knew a secret. It's like, yeah, my ghost dad told me. Um <laughs> Which actually just reminded me of something else. Yeah. Ghost Dad. Actually, that's that's another bizarre, bizarre. And I don't, I don't know what it is about current Superman properties that we want to do this. I mean, Man of, uh, Man of Steel, Batman v Superman did it as well. They basically Smallville uh, first episode of season ten, Lazarus Clark sees Ghost Dad building the fence, <laughs> and then and then Batman v Superman has Clark sees Ghost Dad talking about. <laughs> this kind of stuff, build a pile of rocks. I'm like, what, what are we doing here? It's so strange. Um, I'm not, I prefer stuff like void where it's like, clearly something is going on here that is influencing your perception. Maybe you are dead. Maybe this is purgatory, the afterlife. Maybe it's a hallucination. There's some external force that is causing this interaction as opposed to just manifesting your dead father doing something and having a conversation with you again about important plot elements. So, and then, so that's one of the most bizarre shots of Smallville to me is the wedding 
Jonathan Kent, ghost dad, cleaned up, right? <laughs> he's in a black suit and collar shirt, and he's just giving Clark the nod as he comes by. And I was like, what are we, what is this? I under, this is them being saying, oh, we shouldn't have killed off Jonathan, right? And yeah. then they're all hugging, like in the barn at the beginning. I'm like, what is, what do you, what is this? Is he a ghost? <laughs> Because he, he clearly has his own agency because he's like, when Clark's talking at his grave, he's like considering for a second, he reaches out, he touches his hand. It's like, well, what is this? I guess ghosts are real. And Santa Claus is real and ghosts are real on Smallville, basically. Yeah. So, well, and talking about plot points, I mean, he, he not by name, but he warns Clark about Darkseid, you know, in Lazarus. <laughs> like, so, you know. Oh, we love this show, though. We love Just it. Just to reiterate, we love this show. We love so, it. I re- but what are you doing, Smallville? <laughs> I remember when they released photos from the finale. I, 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 yeah, I, I, they released photos, and we saw Jonathan and Martha at the wedding. And I, I remember thinking, like, oh, like I wonder what kind of explanation they're going to have. No explanation. She's no just no there. explanation. <laughs> the only explanation was, oh, maybe he brought Earth to Jonathan back with him or something. Right, right. right. But that would work because the end of that episode is that Jonathan going to reconcile with his Martha. So you can't like take him away from that. Let's, anyway, clearly yeah. they shouldn't go off Jonathan. And they and then trying to stumble. Now, I will all this talk of ghosts got me on this. Sorry, it's just <laughs> you talk about void. That should have been I'm glad. Thank God John Shiner did come back in season 10 because it really left me a bad taste in my mouth that the last time we see John Schneider or Jonathan Kent on Smallville is he's evil brainiac trying to kill Clark. Yes. I was like, oh, no, I don't like that at all. Like, like he had this great, he had a great goodbye in Vengeance, right, in the videotape. That was fantastic. Then he has this great, like, afterlife scene, you know, plot points aside, to your point, f- fair enough. But then to bring him back as a villain, I didn't like that at all. And, th- and it was that way for, for four years, you know? <laughs> Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, no. Well, again, you know, it's just like with Rosa. Like, if Rosamond doesn't come back, mind wipe aside, it's like the, the end of the show would have really been missing something. And yeah, same thing with with Jonathan. But the fact that they used him as much as they did, especially in that final season, and you know, pivotal moments with Lazarus in the finale. It, I, I know. I think it does further. I, and again, I'm on record. I like when the Kents are alive. So it's like clearly you needed the character there. You know, we got away without Lana, even though that she would have served an important function. But we really, we really needed Pa. Uh, mm-hmm. One big picture thing, I, you know, I know, of course, we talked about how we wished, uh, you know, uh, Tom Welling had been in the costume yeah. properly. You know, the whole no flights, no tights. I felt that at a certain point, even if it had been the beginning of season ten, we should have gotten flight. And this is not the hill I'm going to die on. I understand they really yeah. wanted to save it for the end, but I felt like the show ran so long and it's like, you want to hold off on the costume fine. But I felt like at a certain point he could fly and it wouldn't undermine the integrity of the show. It's like, we've gotten so far beyond where we thought we would go and we're still not in the costume, but he can fly. I I would have liked that. Even if it was like just season 10. Yeah. I mean, they basically their explanation is like this mental block he had or whatever, like, okay, you know, is it, yeah, because you can't have the costume before the flying. So you kind of have to choose. Um, and I don't know, like, I mean, to me, it's like, I wish season 10 was like Superman year one, right? Why wait at this point? Like literally he goes to take the costume out of the box and Jor-El's like, nope, you can't have that. I'm like, what, who are you to tell me? I can't, and my mom made that for me. Who are you? To tell me that. So that was, yeah, I see what you mean. But then, yeah, because yeah, yeah. 
I mean, they, they, they could have done that. I, I could see him because he's leaping around and they could have done. They could they could have pulled it off technically is what I'm trying to think right now. I'm like, yeah, they had Supergirl flying all the time and Zod and all those guys. So. And it's like, I get, I mean, your, your point is well taken. And I agree. Like this whole thing about he's holding himself back and he's not yet there. I mean, I, I get what they were going for. And that's why I said like, I, you know, this, I, you know, I, I, I wouldn't, uh, you know, go to the mat for this, but. I just felt, you know, going back to what you were saying before, and I, I felt this a lot as a fan. I'm sure a lot of people did too. The, you know, one step forward, two steps back. And I guess I just always felt like that would have been like a huge step forward that, uh, you know, I think would have just gone a long way to showing like he's really, like he's really taking these steps. Um, but in any event, we didn't get that. One real small thing. I liked the red leather jacket with the uh with with the s i wish we had spent more i wish we had seen him in that more and it always felt to me like almost no one else ever saw him in it really it was like he's only the justice league guys and yeah yeah but you know it it is what it is but i i did like that actually hot take um because the trench coat's more like a cape i know you know i know (laughs) i like i like the black shirt and i like the spray painted s and i like the jeans the trench coat uh, I could take her. I was ha- what makes it's flapping in the wind. It's like a cape, man. Because the, the red shirt, blue jacket was his costume. I'm sorry, the the blue shirt, red jacket. Excuse me, I should know. I say it on tally board <laughs> on the episodes. Was his quote unquote costume from season two through eight? So then I feel like going to season ten, he's just has another blue shirt, red jacket, even though it has an S on it. It feels like a step back. I feel like at least it was some kind of evolution for him to be wearing a trench coat around. Um, uh, but you know, point taken. Um, but that, that's to our point about like the end of the show, like the finale, like we had seen him do a shirt rip in season nine with the black thing. I'm like, so why do I carry did a shirt rip with the blue costume and you know, the finale. So yeah. anyway, all right. I think that actually leads me to the last, really the last thing we got through so much over two hours. People are like, yeah, you better have after all that. Two, uh, yeah. But we, we could have spent five times as long on each one of these bullet points, just so you guys know. So that's true. So I'll bring this full circle here. And then of course I'll toss it to you for any other, and anything else on your list or anything that you've thought of since then. But, uh, I never liked the time jump in the finale. It felt like we spent, like we, we've spent, we've spent a decade with the character. We've spent so long with him. We don't need a time jump. Like clearly, when they had a four or five year plan, I'm sure, well, I guess actually Alan Miles recently said in an interview with, with Craig Byrne at, at Krypton site that their original plan for the series finale in their mind was that, uh, you know, I know you know this, but like uh, Clark uh, interviewing Lex as the president, right? So they had. That would have been so good. I would have loved that. <laughs> it would have been amazing. But it's like, I'm sure there would have been, a, again, if they had done four or five years, there would have been that that time jump there. And that would have made sense, I think, in that context. But it just felt like we spent, I don't know, other than letting Aaron Ashmore come back and play little Jimmy grown up. I don't know what that added. And you get to see Lex, you know, on the TV screen as the still confused blank slate president. (laughs) I I elected the wrong year, by the way. (laughs) We all remember the 2018 election, right? (laughs) What are you doing? He looked like he hadn't met. Well, there's that, but he looked like he hadn't made any new memories and he still looked like a blank slate. 
I remember like, cause you know, I got a lot of friends who like Superman and, and stopped watching the show. And I was like, Oh, well, Hey, how did it? I'm like, well, oh, look here, let me share this scene with you. This is the last scene of the show. And they looked at it like, is that real? Like, is that, did some fan do that? Because the, because it's like, cause it's Lex on the TV feels like it's something you'd see like at a fan edit. Yes. Right. So I, I know what you're saying. Um, I haven't, yeah, there is really, okay. I hadn't really thought of this way, but you're right. He doesn't have any real intention. <laughs> He's just kind of just there. <laughs> I wasn't looking for that. Um, but maybe next time I'll, 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 I'll see what I think of it. But, uh, but no, I, yeah, you're right. Why, why do we jump seven years in the future? It's like, you know, the little touch of like Lois and Clark, they never get married. Like they're, it's always on their to-do list. I actually didn't mind that. I'm like, all right, that's kind of cute. But other than that, it's like just to show, but it's like, I, I don't know. It's like, I don't, I feel like it almost. The purpose of a time jump is to show you how far characters have come since last time you saw them. But we've, the show wasn't run that long to your point. Yes. And we if, don't need that. And if it had been the next day or the next week and he and Lois had that little scene on the stairs and then he did the shirt rip, it would have, you wouldn't have felt like, oh, like, I feel like, you know, we missed something in between. It's like, no, like that's, that's what he should be doing. That's how far he got. I, I just never got that. I, I, I didn't like that. That's well, that, all I that got. That actually reminds me, oh, no, that, that reminds me of, of just thinking of him, Clark Kent at the planet, glasses. Okay. Mm-hmm. Definitely shouldn't have started wearing glasses. At, I'll give you till season eight when he gets the job of the Daily Planet. Must have been wearing glasses then. No excuse. I, I guess Tom Mulligan think they were cool. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's probably what it was. No tights, no flights, and no glasses. You might as well add that to it, right? Because <laughs> he would, like, once a year, he'd give you a little bit. He'd be like, okay, I'll wear this in this alternate universe, or I'm nearsighted, or something like that. You know, some excuse, right? Yeah. But then, like, I think it's, like, the last four or five episodes, he's wearing glasses. I'm like, this should have been seasoned. This whole, like you need to build a secret identity for yourself. Should have been the whole season 10, much less season eight when you're working at the daily planet. Like it's bad enough that Clark Kent has pictures of himself all over the front page of the daily planet for years and Smallville torch or ledger and all that without glasses on. He needs to be wearing glasses. Take it a step further. Season three, when they gave him glasses the first time, just make those permanent. He's got glasses from now on, but Smallville wasn't like that. Arrow was like arrow evolved, like arrow getting a mask blew my mind i was like oh you can change things during your show like, i didn't know you could do this is allowed like him getting a mask halfway through season two was, was a revelation to someone who watched small for 10 years um but clark like didn't get glasses the last few episodes and i gotta say like the glasses he actually does get at the end of season 10 are a little smaller than the ones we see in um apocalypse and a couple other times and i don't know why i guess again i go to tom welling what trying not to be not cool i think i I agree. I mean, I really, I, I, yeah, I really, um, or unless it was like a CW thing, like, oh, you know, he, <laughs> we don't but want when him he does, the- when he does go blur stuff, he can take the glasses off. Like that is, if you're going to, if you were, if you're not going to wear a costume, you might, you, you better wear some glasses. Do you know, Tom? I mean, come on. <laughs> it's yeah. just, it's like you, everything was so perfect for the, like the daily planet status quo there. So much of it was perfect. Except for the, like, you see all the shots of them, like, you know, Tom Wellick and Erica Durant at the desk and all the promo shots. So perfect, except he's not wearing glasses. Like, just put some glasses on. Um, you talking about season 10 there at the end made me think of that because I think he wears the glasses more than any other episode, like at the wedding. And um, he does, well, he doesn't wear it at the wedding. That's a huge problem. But when they're at the Daily Planet researching Apocalypse, he's wearing glasses. Yeah. <laughs> but you're not wearing them at your wedding? 
four of these people at the wedding. Gosh, okay. Now I'm not thinking of so many more things now. I was, just- I was actually thinking about that earlier today. I was thinking it didn't make it on the list, but I was thinking about the wedding. It bought the glasses thing bugged me. And, but more so it was just like, who are all these people? We, you never interact with anyone else. And the thing That's is our point earlier about the building, the supporting characters over the years. Absolutely. And if they had just kept it to the immediate cast who knew the secret, then that solves two problems, right? Because then it's not like, oh, who are all these people? And it's believable he's not wearing his glasses. They all know his secret. Uh, so yeah, that you know that too uh, was yeah. I, I I'm with you on that. Yeah, he should have been wearing yeah. the glasses. I know it is funny. It's like this: the sky is falling, and he's like, "We have to wear my glasses." <laughs> it's like, Come on. gotta be Clark Kent. Can't give up that secret identity. Um, that reminds me too. Like the Justice League is not in so much of the end of the show. You know, like they're just. Like not, I don't know, like because they set up, they set up in, in prophecy. They set up the injustice in the Injustice League, and they're like, "Here, here's all the Justice League members." They're passing out the pictures, and like, "Oh, is this going to be?" No, it's not. So what? What was that for? You knew that you knew you were ending the show. Like, I don't. That was a very odd play, and I wish they wouldn't have done that because the last time this Salvation, my favorite episode, you see all the Justice League on the screens. I feel like. It feels like a organic payoff to this expanded universe they've been setting up all this time, as opposed to the finale, which just feels very disjointed for many of the ways we're talking about. So um, there you go. Uh, I did have a, do you have any more though? Because I have a question. I want to have a last question for you when you're done. The so last, just let me know if you have any more. Actually, one, one last thing that's just because that sparked uh, me. Think sure. about it. The episode subterranean that ends with Lex, you know, going through his lab and all the media freaks he's been working on. And it's like, oh, he's building an army. Don't go anywhere. No, no, and then well, and then the whole super soldier thing at the end of season six, right? They did get they get flooded, and that's it. I'm like, what what happened to the Justice League versus the level thirty point one? They don't have the budget for that. I know, but it's like, but then don't don't tease it, uh, you know. <laughs> uh, I yeah, I think I think that is now officially it on on my list. What, what was your okay. what was your question? <laughs> well, this isn't this is this is this might surprise people, but and I want to ask you what you think about it. I am glad that they we're not able to use Batman or Wonder Woman. Yes. Oh my, no, I Is agree. Is a hot take? No, or? I, I, I agree. T- tell me why. I think we're probably on the same page. Well, literally everything else he had done. And it's like, it's some things are like, just save that for the future. Like not, not saying that all these other things aren't sacred like that is, but like the DC Trinity, like leave that out there for him to experience at some point. Um, I just feel like it would have been so, it, it, it would have underwhelmed us in some way if they tried to incorporate Batman. Um, I mean, Adam Knight was their alleged attempt at the beginning, and then they quickly swerved. I, I don't never got a clear story on if they were ever really intended that, but they clearly were trying to make you think that that guy was Bruce Wayne for a couple episodes. And then, um, obviously, Green Arrow is their answer to Batman. So at that point, Batman would even feel redundant because it's like the world's finest is Clark and Green Arrow over here. So for all those reasons for all of WB's ridiculous restrictions they put on the show, I, I actually am glad that they were like, you cannot use these two characters because you know, they would have, and then who knows what would have happened. So it's, it's funny. That was on my list, but I was like, ah, for time I'll skip it. But I, but I'm glad you brought it up. It is a great point. Cause it is one of those things that a lot of people I think do wish for. Oh, it was Batman, Wonder Woman. Um, I guess, I, I mean, I, I wasn't thinking about the fact that like it's, it's, it saves one thing for him to experience in the future. That's a great reason. I'm, I'm, I, I'm on board with that. The thing that I always thought of, and this doesn't apply so much to Wonder Woman, but with Batman, to your point, I feel like we saw basically everything they would have done with Batman with Oliver. 
right down to them on the rooftop with the gargoyle. It's like, I don't know what they probably would have cast Justin Hartley. It's like, I don't know how much else they would have done differently. So I, I never felt like, oh man, I, I wish I could have seen their Batman. Yeah, I never really missed anything. We nah. were getting our fix of that. And you know what? In, in, in a world where Batman has taken over everything, Every Flash movie, every animated film, is just, and I love Batman, right? I love the, I love Batman. He's one of my favorite characters. But I'm like, it's it's nice for there's just not to be Batman for once. <laughs> it's just like he's just like there there is no Batman on Earth 167. Okay, so that and that's great. You know, I love it and I love Batman. But just give me some time away from Batman because I, I just yeah he is you know, he's taken over as the most popular character on DC. Fair enough, right now. Um, but. If you want Batman, there's literally everywhere else you can go, you can find him. We don't need him on Smallville, too. So, and you know, it's it's funny to you know play the what if you know if we hadn't gotten Green Arrow on Smallville, would would Arrow exist? And would no. it have been as successful? Mm, probably not. No, I mean, I think Green Arrow uh, being on Smallville brought him into the the more. Uh, pop culture of you know general audience pop culture i mean i know smallville season six it wasn't at the zenith of seasons two and three which is probably you know probably the peak of smallville's pop culture imprint probably but great that brought awareness to a character that people were like he he was a that's the thing about green he literally was a ripoff batman like he was invented as a ripoff of batman so i don't mind that he's like the batman proxy like that to me that's actually that's great (laughs) it's leaning into the fact of what he is but no there's no way they greenlight a green arrow show to follow up smallville if green arrow hadn't been a main character on smallville for three years um and at the time i was disappointed it wasn't justin hartley in that universe but i guess it worked out right because this is its own whole universe and that's that, that's its own podcast. We have another podcast sometime about <laughs> if there's a Smallville, uh, Smallville verse, if you will, instead of an Arrowverse, right? Yes, yeah, that's very true. Well, listen, I, I I really can't tell you how much fun I had doing this, and I hope the I mean we we <laughs> got very specific. <laughs> I, hope audience, I hope your listeners like Smallville. <laughs> I hope <laughs> talking about character details and specific episodes i you know I, I felt like we gave a good amount of context where possible but i know yeah. we got very specific but this was so much fun and i hope that you know even if someone is listening and they're like i'm not the biggest smallville fan hopefully they at least had fun uh with with our discussion but i, I honestly i really i'm not blowing smoke this was a blast so i thank you very very much and is there anything else you want to say and also where uh can people check out always hold on to smallville you know, we've said so much already, but we could have we could have gone twice as long for real. You guys, you know, it's it, this is this was fun. Like there was so many when you love a show like this, obviously, and you, you live and breathe it for years. And it's, it's you know, you have you have strong opinions about it. <laughs> so and that's what that's what all this comes from. Uh, so ultimately, like, look, I love the show we got. Um, would have would it have been a better show had it been half as long and better planned out? Yes. But. I'm glad I got to have small in my life for 10 years and, and I, apparently for the rest of my life <laughs> because I'm just going to be talking about this forever. So, um, but no, it, it was great. Thanks for having me on. And I, I'm glad we could go into, go into some, some deep dive of Smallville topics. Um, and as, as for me, uh, you can find me personally on Twitter at more Zach. That's M O O R E U N Z C H. Uh, I also host a couple of podcasts on the United Federation of podcasts with some friends over there. Uh, we do, Franchise Fatigue and Sasquatch. So you can check us out on Twitter at UFP Earth and see what those are all about. And then my main claim to fame, obviously, is always hold on to Smallville. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at always Smallville with one S. You can 
find us on Facebook at always hold on to smallville. And you can send us an email at always smallville at gmail.com. Once again, with one S and I welcome any kind of feedback. If anybody has some hot takes about my opinions, please share them. I've, I've, I love bouncing back and forth with people about smallville. That is why I do a podcast about the show. So it's very true. I echo that sentiment. And I, especially what you said about, um, you know, being, being grateful for, having a decade of Smallville and, and the fact that, you know, we're still talking about it. I mean, I check in on on this podcast, you know, a couple times a year, you do it every week. And, you know, I think there's a decent chance this animated series will move forward. So there'll be some new stuff to talk about. It's More episodes for me, man. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, no, it's an, it's an amazing thing. And, uh, you know, again, I think most people were probably listening to this, but for anyone, you know, watching, you know, we were smiling and laughing through all of this. So, you know, even the things that we were frustrated by, again, really, uh, it's all with love. So, uh, again, thank you, and I hope uh, audience, please check out Always Hold On to Smallville and um, and uh, you know all of the handles that that Zach mentioned. Uh, so again, thank you so much. Thank you to the audience who will be back in one week. Until then, remember it's about what you do; it's about action. One action I hope you will take is to consider joining my Patreon community. My exclusive Lois and Clark: The New Adventures of Superman rewatch podcast is available now at the one dollar level. Many more rewards are available too, including a robust back catalog of bonus podcasts. All pledges come with a money-back guarantee. Thank you to all patrons for enabling me to produce this show.